Welcome to the After Dark Podcast with Anthony James and Conrad. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Hello and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony and that's Conrad. Hello. That's him. Well, we're motoring through dark at this point. We are only four episodes from the end. There's Conrad at the wheel. Through. Conrad's at the wheel. You know, he doesn't actually have his own driving license, but he's at the wheel. Uh, I trust you. I trust you anyway. Um, you, 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 you've, you've pretty much learned how to drive in London too, so we'll give it to you. Probably better driver. Where we're me. going, we don't need roads. <laughs> that was all set up. That was planned. That was absolutely planned. Well, Conrad, Perfect. how have you been this week? Uh, not bad, thank you. The festive season is well and truly upon us. It is. And with it has come... I was going to say there's more dark. There isn't more dark. It's exactly the same amount of dark as I was watching previously. But it's got a little... There's a little... A, a spring in my step and a, a song in the air as I watch dark now. <laughs> yeah, there is. I'm like, I did a... I did a Dark Discussions episode on what genre is dark, and I was joking about it. Like, is it a Christmas film? Oh, I don't know. Could be. Everything's a Christmas movie these days, apparently. Well, everything. Yeah, everything's Christmas. Yeah. You know, the, the the person I can't remember his name, and I'm an idiot for not remembering his name. But the guy who wrote White Christmas uh, was actually oh Jew- Bing Crosby. No, did he write it? I don't know if he wrote it. The guy. Oh, who, the, yeah, maybe not. The guy who wrote it um, is actually Jewish, and when asked, like, you know, it's a Christian holiday. What are you doing? He's like, Christmas isn't a Christmas Chris, Christian holiday. Christmas is American. An American holiday. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, there's... I'm sure the enormous amount of money that guy made from White Christmas helped to salve the wounds of having to having to write a song for a Christian holiday as a as a as a Jewish person. Yeah, and they they took Halloween too. Halloween, I think, was originally Irish. You know. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, they took it. We used to carve turnips. Carve turnips, you know, but they, they 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 took they changed it to the pumpkin. I like American Halloween. To yeah, be honest. <laughs> yeah. There's a, no, to be honest with you, so do I. And it's Ema's favorite thing. It's very. I actually met Ema. A little bit of tidbit here. I met Ema at Halloween party. There you go. At, at Emmett Emmett's Halloween party, who joins me on oh. Sat- for Sci-Fi Saturday. It's all coming. Worlds together. colliding. Worlds when we were, colliding. When we were yeah. seventeen years old at his party. We met. That's where we met. Mental. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. All right, guys. Well, there we go. Um, what about we talk about a bit of dark? Actually, no. Before we talk about dark. We've got an announcement to make. Now, I promised on Dark Discussions that this episode of the After Dark Podcast, we were going to make the announcement of what we are going to be doing next. Now, before we show it, I'm really excited about showing this show to Conrad. I will have a proviso before we before I show it, though. There was hundreds of, of suggestions, hundreds of suggestions <laughs> throughout the, the weeks. I, was, I, I literally couldn't have pleased everyone with this selection. So what I did was I went back to what made me want to do this podcast idea. I went back to, I want to show Conrad a show that I love. Okay? So I did it for purely selfish reasons. And here it is. Hello, and welcome In to the July Podcast. In July of 2020, I'm Anthony James, and that's two Conrad. friends embarked Hello. on a journey through one of the most Conrad. mysterious shows How are you this week? ever made. Netflix's Dark. And against both of their expectations, thousands joined them on their journey. We all laughed. We all cried. We were all impressed by Conrad's theories, no matter how daft. But now, a new day is dawning. We searched far and wide for a TV show 
that would match all of our criteria. And then we found one. The OA. It's a mysterious, compelling, and spiritual show that is sure to get Conrad's heart pumping. And even though it was cancelled after two seasons, it's worth the ride. For anyone who's seen it, imagine Conrad's reaction to the final scene. So now it's over to you. I've given you a month. We are starting on the 1st of February. If you haven't seen the OA, you have a decision to make. Do you want to be an Anthony? Do you want to have seen the show and know what's coming when Conrad makes his crazy theories? Or do you want to be a Conrad and experience it with him and make theories in the comments? This is a big decision. Which will you be? An Anthony or a Conrad? Episode 1 will be on the After Dark podcast on the 1st of February. Get watching. So there you have it. The OA is what we're going to be doing, Conrad. Are you excited? I am. This is my excited face. I don't know that much about that oh, show, but you've you've definitely okay. recommended it to me before, and and um, yeah, there's going to be lots of lots of wordplay like that, I imagine, in the early runnings. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to it, and I hope everyone um, listening at home or wherever you may be listening to the podcast <laughs> is excited too. Yeah, like uh, I'm I'm very excited. I'm honest with you. There's people who've seen the OA, and there's people who have. Um who have not the people who've seen the OA will know there are particular themes within the OA that are present in dark as well um now we we have to address the elephant in the room yes it is cancelled after two seasons and that i think was a point of contention when i first started bringing this up to conrad uh, no there was there was never a point of contention but i think there was a discussion between us whether that would play or not i've decided in the end it will and the reason for that is is that the people who love the OA really would like to hear Conrad's predictions about what he thinks would happen next. And we know how good Conrad is predicting things, so we're going to make it canon. Whatever Conrad thinks is going to happen next is what happens next. Oh, after it's cancelled. Yeah, yeah. yeah, okay, fine. I'm happy to I'm happy to shoulder that responsibility. Yeah. Um I've I've just checked and it's got Jason Isaacs in it, uh, who I really like as an actor. So Jason Isaacs that's is a, fantastic that's, in it. Yeah. It's a good a good good sign. Um and Jason Isaacs has also uh, been quoted saying that he'll never do anything as original as DOA again. Okay, um, that's good. Yeah, and also, um, what what is what's great about it is the last scene before it's cancelled. I cannot wait for you to see it because it's it's something that needs to be experienced, and okay. I just I cannot wait. I cannot wait because you are gonna hate the fact that it's cancelled. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, I think you're just gonna say oh, you're gonna hate the final scene. But yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to it. Um, I can't believe Doc's. Well, I can't believe we're, we're wrapping up Dark, to be honest. Like, it feels like we've only only started doing this, like, a month ago. But here we are. Yeah, but here we are. Like, So, one more thing about the OA before we go keep uh, before we move on to more well, Dark for the rest of this podcast is that um, uh, that's going to start on the 1st of February. So, it's said in the in the package there, 1st of February, that's when we're going to be doing it. Um, just to sort of give you a little bit of a, a head, heads up, you need to choose whether you're going to be an Anthony or a Conrad. If you've not seen the OA... You've got a choice to make. We're giving you a month. That's that's why I'm, we're letting you know now rather than like the week before. Because I like the idea of you participating and there's been a lot of participation. With Dark, we've all seen it. Conrad's a guinea pig here. But you can decide to be a guinea pig on the wheel with him next time. And I think there's going to be some people who do decide to do that, which I think will be really fun. Yeah, come, come join me on the wheel. Yeah, the only thing I will say is if that is the case, 
I am going to have to police the comment section of the YouTube video quite heavily because I can see people just writing down what happens in the show and pretending to predict it. (laughs) (laughs) They would never. Stealing my my idea for Dark. That's how I've been getting all these theories right. (laughs) No, exactly. Oh, we all knew that. But uh, also, (laughs) just to rest your... uh, This is a long uh, thing I know, but it's the last one before Christmas. Um, This is just to rest, put your mind at ease about the Dark as well. I've been talking to Emmett and... um, Conrad, I haven't actually run this by you, but I'm sure you'll be okay with this. In between the OA and our next show, if the OA goes successfully and we want to continue, in between the OA and our next show, I, 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 I floated this to Emmett and he was okay with it. He's never seen Dark. So what we might do is we'll do like a full season, season one, do one podcast, and the next week do the full season two podcast with him, and then we'll okay. do a th- season three. So there'll be three weeks of Dark between the OA and our next show. What do you think of that? Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I'm looking forward to laughing at someone's wild theories rather than just having to laugh at my own yeah, or someone so else's wild theories. I think I think that'll be good fun. If we if we yeah. found someone who hasn't seen Dark in between every other show, like you know, we eventually yeah. amass this. Where the place people go to see Dark for the first time. Yeah, yeah, we we become a, a, a dark like podcast reaction channel essentially, and just find people off the street to be like, "Come watch Dark, and we can yeah. laugh at you." <laughs> Scraping the barrel, um, uh, we'll eventually get uh, the actor who plays Old Helga because he's forgotten it all anyway. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, anyway, we have to get into this because it's going to be a long episode as it is. Um, next. Uh, I will say this as well. Don't worry, because we are including the question and answers in this video. We're not going to be able to get to them all. Um, if you have any questions for episode five. Um, put them in this video, uh, so we'll be able to include them in the next one. But we won't, we won't be able to uh, use them all for this one. But that's because next next uh, Friday, which is going to be Christmas Day, we've got a very special uh, upload for you, and we're gonna so we're skipping over the question and answers for that week. Ooh. Oh yeah, <laughs> <I'm not> gonna... <laughs> yeah I think it's the first time you've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, it may be an it may be an idea. Stanley and I have discussed a fair bit over the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. I may have, had, I may have played a part in it. That's yeah. all I'll say. <laughs> so if, if anyone's still with us in this intro and they haven't just skipped forward <laughs> to the Jesus. main section. Well done. Thanks for sticking with us. Let's get into the yeah. main section now. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down. So the episode opens and you pointed this out to me just before we started uh, going because I didn't even pick, it, pick up on this because I'm such an idiot, right? Because I was just like... I wasn't expecting it at all. They opened with the title card before yeah, the credits. Unprecedented. Like, unprecedented. An opening title card for Dark. Yeah, and it was the origin. Um, so yeah. obviously they showed so us... So what with- is this? A, a Star Wars movie? What are we doing here? <laughs> yeah. So because they showed it to us, we have to go back to our old way. So I have to have a go at pronouncing it first. Yeah. And then you can have a go. So, um... De Ursprung. Yeah, I think that's pretty much right. I can't actually remember where the umlauts, or if there are umlauts in this, but yeah, the Ursprung, I think, is how I would, how I would say that. Ursprung. Okay, yeah. So I think, I think we've just nailed that, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just love it. Every time we say that, the comments say, actually... Uh... Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So uh, it's pretty obvious why uh, they showed the title card first, because it says the origin, and then cut to uh, Tron to walk through the woods, and here he is, Mr. Unknown, and it gets revealed that he never actually had a name, this fella. Yeah, which is a shame. Everyone should have a name, especially around Christmas. Otherwise, how's Santa gonna find you? <laughs> I will. I will say I can't remember who commented this on a video, but I'm pretty sure they were lying, and I never checked it because it was clearly a lie. They said they said uh, if you actually go to the dark website, his name's Gary. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'd love that to be true. Gary Obendorf. <laughs> Gary for short. Um, Gerald. Gerald. Gerald Obendorf. Yeah, no, um, it's... Uh, yeah, they get straight into it in this episode, really. And and there's... I had a... As we'll find out as, I, as we kind of go through this, I had a hard time kind of not coming up with theories as a result of this episode, but feeling like they were they were reasonable for me to put down because there are so many things that this episode is like come on this is this is pretty much confirmed so in this in this first scene and then pretty much well it, they they get you about 70% of the way there in this first scene and they get you like 95% of the way there by the end of this episode that these guys are Tronta's dad and these are the um these are the guys oh, you're 100% you're 100% that this is these guys are Tronta's dad um at the end of the episode, because it literally shows him on the family tree, doesn't it? Uh, oh yeah, that you're right. It does. Yeah. So I kind of I like I put it down in the three matrix at, the, at, at this bit, but then I was like, by the end of the episode, I was like, mm, we might have to revisit this because I don't I know if I can probably, in good conscience that probably counts. It. If you're if you're entering it bef- before you've realized, I think it counts. It's a bit. It's a yeah. bit we have to have to trust you, but I, I trust you. Yeah, but it, it's it's cool. It's uh, this episode is like very. There's a lot of like revelations about these characters in this episode that are that are, are really interesting, um, and they if we didn't already like suspect them of being evil, this assertion that like we are drawn to the dark like moths are to the light, which the we there I take to mean humanity rather than just these three, mm-hmm. um, is a very kind of like fatalistic outlook on the human race. This sort of idea that humans can't help but drive themselves uh, towards the abyss. Um, which is maybe how they justify their behavior because they think they're just sort of helping things along the right, along the natural path that humanity is going to take anyway. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's um, it, it's it's a really interesting intro. This um, we also get some hints into the relationship between Tronta and Agnes because Tronta doesn't seem that bothered that his mum has just like vanished for well, three months. Well, we do know that he was in an orphanage. You know, she yeah, that's before true. Before she came to Vinden in the first season, she just picked him up from the orphanage. So he didn't really have that much of a relationship with her to begin with. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But like, you know, they give her this keepsake of hers, and by the end of the episode, he's he's completely rejected it and just you know palmed it off to palmed it off to someone else. Yeah, um, I will say something that I noticed about the scene, which I thought was fantastic, um, was that in the past around the caves, there's a particular tree. That certain characters hide behind. Uh, so yeah. Noah hid behind it. Noah's hiding tree. Yeah. yeah, Noah's hiding tree. The stranger hid behind it to to watch their, their younger selves or watch Jonas. Right now, the unknown or the, the cleanup crew, as you've dubbed them, they are so bought in to Eva's idea and Adam's idea, I suppose, that everything is predetermined. It doesn't matter what you do. You don't. It doesn't matter what you do. Everything will happen the way it does. So the fact that he's so so frivolous and he just stands in front of the tree, he's not behind yeah. it. He's not hiding, watching Tron to walk. He's standing in front of the tree and he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, it doesn't matter what to do. I'm just going to go and talk to him, you know. And I'm not going to hide. Yeah. You know, I, I just felt like the the the, the difference. Uh, like it's sort of we've talked in the past about parallels and perpendiculars. It, the the perpendicular. I'm I'm keeping it going. I'm keeping it going. The perpendicular of him standing in front of the tree and then going to talk to Tronto rather than just hiding behind it. I thought that was really worked Yeah, well. that's, a, that's an interesting point, actually. I've not thought about that. But I, I, I suppose that is... The, these characters are almost completely devoid of humanity. Um, they, they don't seem to possess any emotion, really. Like, they don't even seem angry. They just seem cold and calculating mm-hmm. and fearless. And even characters, like say, like Noah, had some humanity about them. Uh, maybe not... A, 
to begin with with Noah, but as we learn more about him, there mm-hmm. were shreds of humanity there, and oh, I just definitely. don't see that with these guys. No, no, not at all, not at all. Um, righto. So we'll talk more about them as the episode goes on because yeah. this is really like a big reveal episode for them. The other yep. main storyline in this episode is uh, Hannah and Egon, um, and yep. Hannah has found herself pregnant by Egon, which we find out later in the episode, but. She also receives the St. Christopher pendant. Um, so we see the origin of that. Origin. Yes. Um, yeah, so what did you think about Hannah and Egon in this in this episode? Um, well, I mean, you kind of knew this was coming after the end of season two, but um, it's it's nice to get confirmation that Hannah's police fetish has not abated um, <laughs> when she moves to the 1950s. Um, the St. Christopher thing is interesting. Mm. Um, I don't... I, the, the, I have I have some thoughts about that, which we'll probably get into towards the end of the episode as to who the kind of literal St. Christopher is in this story they're telling, but who else it might actually be. Um, but just in this opening scene, I think it's really interesting that Egon kind of represents both aspects of Hannah's romantic personality here. So he tells her that he loves her, which is something she, she always wanted Ulrich to do. And then Hannah's response is to kind of be disinterested and almost maybe a bit kind of put off by the fact that he's told her that he loves her yeah. um, and maybe makes her feel a bit superior to him as well, I think, in, in the way the way that she performs it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when that, like, declaration of love fails, he turns to, like, commenting on her physical appearance, um, which, given he's just told her that he can't see her tonight, so she's feeling that sense of rejection, uh, makes her sort of vulnerable and angry. And this is really great little ex- exchange between them um, and a great example of why no matter what happens, talking about that sort of determinism of everything will always happen the way it has always happened. Mm-hmm. That's kind of captured in Hannah's character. Um, and this is a great example of why she will never be happy because when someone does the things that she thinks she wants someone to do to her, like say they love her, she feels put off by it. She feels yeah. like, I don't know, I guess the chase is gone or something. The chase is gone, but then, exactly. Yeah, but then but then, when, when someone pulls back from her, she gets angry and bitter about it. And it's it's this, it's a, it's a really, really great demonstration of those two kind of conflicted sides of her personality. It's also, to be honest with you, a very, like a, a set, a, like immaturity. Like I've, I've talked yeah. before about how I don't believe, like she's one of the characters in my opinion who didn't grow from yeah. uh, you know in any way from her to her teenage self through to now um if anything she grew more childlike in terms of her yeah. sort of um reactionary emotions uh so i think obviously you could argue that the unknown didn't really change either but uh we you know that, that's that, that's here that's what if that's the company you're keeping though yeah. like if, if, yeah. if then you've screwed up to be honest exactly yeah so i, I think that that's a very childlike uh, or sort of i'll not say childlike i'll say it's very very immature uh, yeah, it's childish. Way, like, what, yeah, way to be. It's sort of you know, it's hmm. yeah, damn if you do, damn if you don't with this character because you can't please her. She can't be pleased. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So what about the fifties porn? Oh, great stuff. Great love stuff. Love it. Enos I, is loving it. I'm not sure how to read Claudia's description of Tronta's penis in this scene. Come on, I re- refresh I, my memory. I want to hear you say it. I I don't know that describing someone's penis as peculiar is a glowing review if i'm honest yeah. <laughs> like i feel i feel like but the the words she chooses like it's sort of saying it's it's as if it's not attached to his body i don't even know where to i can't begin unpacking that it's just like what does that mean i don't i don't know he just keeps it he keeps it in his pocket maybe it is detachable maybe yeah that's that's the thing that's the thing like look who his yeah. dad is like you know <laughs> 
you ne- you never know like he could be a weird time mutant person but uh yeah that is true that's entirely possible yeah, but, but uh yeah it's um i i do agree with claudia's assertion as well that there should be you know there should be porn mags with men in them as well these these poor girls are just having to make do with the men around them which is fine for claudia but you know yana and Enos. Not so lucky. Very fine for Claudia by the end of this episode. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll find out. Um, but uh, yeah. yeah, so the the, the Yana storyline is beginning in this episode. We've talked before about Yana, the Yana, <laughs> Yana Tronta Claudia triangle, uh, love triangle. Mm. Um, so, how did you feel that that went this episode in terms of building Tronta and a relationship with Yana? Um, it was more than I saw, or more than I predicted that they they would do. To be honest, I thought the relationship with Yana is is so kind of underdeveloped at this point that I felt like they just weren't going to do that much with it because mm-hmm. it would be difficult for them to, you know, fill in the gaps with how few episodes they have left. But it's interesting to see them forming a relationship this early on. I, I kind of thought she would be, you know, just watching him from afar or something like yeah. that. But it, it seems, you know, like there is... I don't know if I call it an intimacy, but there's a mm-hmm. connection between them um, in that that is evident in this episode. Um, that that clearly, it, there's definitely a connection there. Yeah, the way I the way I felt it was like that. Um, tr- you know, Tront is one of these like sort of old souls who's sort of, sort of slow moving, and you know, he's a bit maybe he's a bit actually a little bit of a romantic maybe, and Claudia's yeah. just like dragging him into her way, and like. I don't think Claudia's doing anything particularly abusive or anything, but she's definitely she's definitely the spearheading their relationship. Um, she's yeah, like she's got control. a very forceful personality. She's I very think. in control of that of, of their relationship. Um, yeah, which we'll discover as we move forward through the, the episode. Um, yeah, she uh, she takes con- yeah she does take control in certain scenes. She does. She does. Uh, okay, so then we get uh, uh, Doris going to Egon at work. Uh, obviously, it's a bit awkward because he was meant to be there already. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his his excuse of just like uh 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 something came up. Yeah. Like, come on, Egon, go yeah, think we, faster we all, defeat than we that. We all know what came up, Egon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we, we, we all know. What it's Egon. like a James Bond joke. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah he, he he like he's got to think faster on his feet than this. He's gonna get caught out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then it's revealed that uh, there was a handkerchief left back, and it was HT. And we learn yep. the name of the priest is Hanno Toba. Yeah, Hanno. Oh, is it Toba or Tauba? I would say Tauba. Tauba, yeah, Tauba. Yeah, Hanno Tauba. Which uh, as soon as I saw that name, in the back of my head, I was like, "Ah, oh, shit, Mark Vashki's going to be in this episode." <laughs> and I'm not going to. Won't say anything about it now. But I was very happy later on in this episode. Is all I'll say for now. Okay. Um, yeah. It, 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 in terms of this scene, though. Well, actually, like starting off with this name, has this been mentioned before? Because I know you've said that there's specifically related to the Sigmunder's floor. There's stuff that I might not get from this, it because this is what I, so basically, see that uh, newspaper article that was yeah. shown in season one or two. I think it might have even been season mm. one. Maybe it's, that was shown, and so the picture of it was on the internet. So we all knew. Uh, okay, we've all known from very early that uh, Hanno Tauba was his name. Yeah. Um, okay. So so that that's. That, and, on, and on Eva's floor, that name may or may not be there. <laughs> well, uh, no, I know I I remember it. That that's one of the names that I remember being. Oh, you remember there, it like, was on next the floor. To, you remember it was next to Agnes, and therefore that's why you knew Mark was going to be in the episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. So like, as soon as I saw that, well, and she says the minister here, so I was like, oh, oh shit, yeah, okay, course. like, 
yeah. Um, but so this is this is like this and Agnes are basically the two things I remember mm-hmm. from that floor. But I obviously I didn't really know who this was when I saw the floor. But then when they mentioned it here, it all sort of clicked into place. Um, but yeah, I was just interested as soon as I saw this. I wanted to go and speak to you and be like, where where have I missed this reference previously? Because I, I can imagine them sort of littering it th- throughout um, throughout the show. But was, I mean, it was, it was a proper speck of dust, you know, yeah. that, that then eventually, you know, became a thing. The thing is as well, though, um, it sort of does confirm something that we never really theorized about it, but it did. We talked about it. The idea where Agnes got the name Nielsen from. This episode sort of confirms that her name maybe wasn't Nielsen and then it is she is called Nielsen because of a relationship with the unknown who even though doesn't have a first name technically would be a Nielsen because of his mother yeah I guess so like it it seems like by the end of this episode it seems like the kind of names that have been selected for these people who are coming out of this um this origin are almost completely arbitrary really because they have Um, they have to choose the right name because they they know what they're meant to be called yeah 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 but and and, you know hanno tauber is a good example it's like who the hell is hanno tauber like it's not a name that's not a surname we've heard before Mm -hmm. um so how does how does that like actually fit in i guess you know presumably he's not gonna have any children um but uh i guess we would know about it if he had but um yeah he's already had a child yeah Oh yeah, of course he has. Yeah, so he just um I guess he just couldn't couldn't give her couldn't give her his name. Cuz it'd be a bit of a giveaway. Well, she was she was, she was taken. Um and then she married. She married a, a Doppler anyway, so But she would have been I wonder actually. <clears throat> yeah, I wonder what her surname was before she got married. Her surname What was she? Probably Tanhouse. Yeah, I guess it probably was. She was, was adopted by Tanhouse. Yeah. Charlotte I don't, Tanhouse. I'm trying to remember if I trying to remember if we actually hear, hear her referred to by a full name in the 80s at any point i, I don't, don't think, think we, we do. do but it might be charlotte yeah. charlotte townhouse yeah that'd be interesting yeah. unless she was charlotte tober maybe yeah Tal- that'd be, it could yeah. be Tauber, yeah as well yeah. interesting get on it internet detectives yeah um but yeah this was so, such an exciting um revelation this it just kind of you know the, the the first time anyone's mentioned noah in five or six episodes and um noah. yeah we get we get it we get the comeback but also i found it really like not to harp on too much about this scene this idea that i don't know maybe this is how it worked in the 50s in germany specifically but this idea that someone's mother just leaves and the boarding house where they were staying will just keep looking after the child without mentioning it for like three to some government agency for three months i feel like the police should probably be involved at this point and they're just Oh, I guess the police are involved. These are the police. That's the thing. Yeah. So you didn't <laughs> yeah. realize the police were involved because Egon's so incompetent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He, he he's got the paperwork to to you know get the child protection services involved on his desk somewhere. He's just misplaced it. He's he's, he's taken. He took the new evidence, the handkerchief, and he just went put it in the pile with the rest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's in the pile. Yeah. You've got some parking violations to look at first, Doris. I'll thank you. Yeah. So wait your turn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll be home but... late tonight. Something's come up. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. I can sense the I can sense that it will come up later as well. <laughs> um okay, so next we get what I really enjoyed seeing. We get a scene um with uh old Magnus and Marta. Like we get we actually well middle Magnus, I suppose you would call him because he's thirty three yeah. years after the teenage version. But uh we get a scene between those two um where Magnus is discussing the idea that you know, you left us back in eighteen eighty eight and then he realized 33 years later i realized it was us who did that us who told you to do that so that's yeah really... and it's it's interesting that the alt martyr even knowing that 
is still the one apologizing in this scene like she has that kind of compulsion Mm -hmm. to try and do the right thing and knows that she has lied to she's not even friends with this man or or she's not even a sister to this magnus but no no she's she's literally spent maybe a day or two with him like that's yeah but she's she still has that compulsion to try and do the right thing which is which Jonas also has Mm -hmm. um and it's interesting that magnus doesn't really get as far as apologizing Mm -hmm. which suggests that he's kind of fully indoctrinated at this point in whatever whatever kind of dead end belief system he's he's stumbled into yeah i feel really sorry for the for magnus to be honest with you like yeah he's he's just been forced to go back to 1888 and join a cult like yeah he just got he just got railroaded into this cult and now he's like someone who's too deep into scientology to to leave because they know all his secrets so he's just like i guess i'm in a suicide cult now i gotta i gotta just make the best of it yeah you said that about scientology not me so tail him tail I'll say, him I'll, I'll say i'll say it again about scientology come yeah. at me <laughs> come at me uh okay so uh then uh we get the scene in the bunker um which was ruined by uh master onion north last week uh but uh, <laughs> yeah thanks master onion north yeah like ruined this scene actually so, oh i will say this they didn't spoil the best thing that happens in the bunker in this episode so all is forgiven as far as i'm concerned yeah exactly so uh basically um Middle Alt Marta is uh, talking to them. Uh, what did you think about? There's a couple of scenes actually throughout this episode of the if in this bunker, but the initial scene here. Um, what did you think of it? I think that she's talking about here the idea that you you can only save one of the worlds. Yeah. So I think well the, the first thing I think that's probably worth mentioning is I really like the the choice in the set dressing of this version of the bunker. I think it really compounds how messed up this version of the world is yeah. where. The fact it's all in chalk implies there aren't even scraps of paper or photographs for her to construct this um, the, the, this map of, of the family relations. She just yeah. has to kind of do it from memory in chalk. Um, it's a re- you know, really subtle way of kind of reaffirming um, the, the scale um, of the disaster that has affected this world. Yeah, and I really um, love as well that like this is clearly her, her process and eventually this will lead to what's on the floor. Yes, yeah, exactly. Um, I... I think I don't know if I I don't know if I believe her in these sets of scenes um, where she's saying, "Oh, you you're gonna have to make a choice." I think that feels like manipulation to me because her her goal is clearly to say, "Well, if you stay if you save this world, you can stay and have sex with Marta, and she technically isn't your aunt." So how about that? Yeah. Um, which feels way too convenient to actually be like the end point that we're driving at. So I, I don't I don't necessarily believe that that's the case. Um, she does come across a little bit like Darren Brown in this. I, I will say, like really subliminal. You know, like as yeah. as Jonas is running out the door. You know, oh Jonas, by the way, if you want to have sex with her, you got my okay. You know, she's have like, at it. Have she's at it, like yeah. really just trying to make some stuff happen, like. Yeah, just like planting those little seeds into yeah. uh, into Jonas's mind. Um, I, I also, I don't know whether it was just in this scene, because I've not really thought about it before, although we've not seen her that much before. But I felt like the actress playing Stranger Marta is maybe a little young for this role. Um, she looks like she could conceivably be in her like late 20s, early 30s, and has just dyed her hair grey. But maybe it was just how she looked in this scene. I think the actress is 45, north of 45. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, fair enough. Maybe she just looks very good for her age. Yeah, well, as does the Stranger Jonas. 
I don't, yeah, but he... He does Stranger look Jonas, at the same time. He, does look he, he looks in his 40s, whereas she... I think if you t- took away the grey hair dye for, for Stranger Marta, I, I could believe that she was in her early 30s. Yeah, okay. But well, good for her. She just looks good for her age. Yeah, having said that, I might. I, I, I highly doubt that they cast a 30-year-old. And I, I've seen pictures yeah. of her in other shows, and she doesn't look that young to me. But It would, it would be uh, a pretty stark departure from their casting policy in the rest of this show to suddenly just be like oh whatever cast a 30 year old no one will notice <laughs> yeah it would, it would be very strange <laughs> yeah. uh, okay so then um, you know doctor lights up a cigarette you're pregnant love mm, yeah <laughs> so I don't know what to make of the mirroring in this scene also for a start points for me thank you very much I said this was going to happen Said she was going to get preggers, and here we are. Mm-hmm. Um, the the mirroring of the Adam dialogue um, in 2053, where he says all human life is a gift, and then we get this doctor echoing that. I'm sure there's nothing in it, and it's just you know them them choosing to reiterate the dialogue to show that this sentiment is not just present in crazy cult leaders; it's also present in what would have been in the 50s a fairly kind of patriarchal society is mm-hmm. maybe drawing comparisons to different kind of systems of, of social control yeah um but it is interesting um and yeah hannah's hannah's having herself a baby apparently yeah well it's a bit of a up and down situation this episode but uh yeah but eventually yeah it seems like she has settled on that but um so then Greta comes in. Egon's had a bit. He's had the busiest day at work. <laughs> oh my ever. god! He cannot get a moment's peace in yeah. this episode. So uh, Greta comes in, and uh, she's worried about old uh, Hannah as well. And um, yeah, yeah, her performance is so over the top in this scene. <laughs> like she's almost like a caricature. Like she's she's very funny. Um, yeah, she's just she's just kind of crazy to be honest. <laughs> I've not got that much more to say about her than that. Yeah, like, what was it he said um, about like, would you ever see? Did you ever see this minister or priest with um with 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 a with a woman? You know, you know, and she was like, oh, "How dare yeah. you!" <laughs> yeah. And like, is she she know well she must know as well because she had like i don't know I, I i still think i think back to the scenes that she had with noah and they definitely felt like there was a, a sexual attraction that's what i was gonna say like was she saying that out of like respect for god or respect for the church or was she saying that out of jealousy yeah <laughs> she wants him yeah she yeah. wants the priest yeah oh yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. who doesn't <laughs> that man like <laughs> all right so then uh doris goes into the church and oh, um scene. We get a little bit of uh, dialogue. This is an amazing scene. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, I'll let you go on this scene then if you want to begin with. Well, so it's interesting. The end of the previous scene between Doris and Egon, not the previous scene, but the, the previous scene that had Doris in it, um, They, you can see the effect that others have had on this couple, which is kind of like a recurring theme in this episode. Um, and definitely in this, in this scene. So, um, Dor- Doris is clearly motivated by wanting to get Agnes back mm-hmm. because she, she presumably loves Agnes. And Egon says something which sounds a lot more like something Daniel Carnvald would have said, where he's like, who knows what goes on in the minds of women. And then Doris storms off and he, it seems immediately apologetic about it, but the damage is done. And then we see that theme returning again in this scene where the 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 unknown guys the 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 cleanup crews they seem to just have a vested interest in splitting these guys up they're doing similarly to what uh, stranger martyr was doing just kind of sowing these seeds 
of potential adultery from Egon, um, and you know, talking about all that, like the heart wants what the heart wants, and all this this stuff. Talking about it in quite a threatening way, but also they're they're not explicitly saying anything. It's quite nefarious how they're talking about it. Um, but it's a great scene, and I love I love the kind of theatricality of the middle guy in the cleanup crew, the way he sort of, as Doris is walking to the church, she just spins on the spot and you get the dong dong of the, like the double yeah, piano uh, so keystroke. Um, and then he confirms he was a minister as well, which immediately made me think, ah, okay. So I wonder if this role was going to be Noah originally, because like, I know we talked previously about how um, in season one, they said, she said her husband was a minister and then you think in season two, they kind of changed their minds a bit and went, oh, no, it's actually going to be her brother. But then we return to her husband being a minister and it being these guys in season three. So whether that's a kind of plot that has I been rewritten. I personally think that this whole, whole idea of the unknown and, and the infinity symbol and the two worlds is the new idea that they came up with. So I don't necessarily think Noah was going to be this guy. I think it was going to be a different story. I do think that Noah was originally going to be Agnes's uh, partner. Um, yeah. So I think that they put this line in just to be like, see, it all does work. It, <laughs> yeah, it, we it is it kind of sense. like retroactively explaining things, which is okay. Yeah. You need a bit of that in a show like this to make sure all the knots are tied up. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But that, that's what I, mean, I take I, that I, as. I think it makes sense either way. It was just, um, it was interesting to me because, like, as I was seeing this, I was trying to see if Noah could like have slotted into this role and done the same kind of thing. If you, um, if you take away. Uh, the the Ellie and Charlotte stuff from Noah's character. There's no real reason why he couldn't have occupied this same role. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is just a great scene. Really, really cool. Um, a tense scene between these the, these four characters or two characters, I guess. Um, and as she's walking out, I I did. I, I, you might have to help me on this because I immediately went. I'm sure they've been been on there before, but I immediately went to look up the numbers on the board in the church that are presumably Bible Bible verses and Psalms. Um, I think yeah. are they Psalms? And yeah, maybe I couldn't hymns. find Sometimes them. Sometimes their hymns are in a, in a hymn book. Yeah, yeah. I was looking for them to try and see what they were, and I uh, didn't have any luck. But yeah, I kind of went down a bit of a rabbit hole on that for a little while. Yeah, I'm, well, I'm sure there's some something. Maybe there's something there, like, but um. Uh, what I wanted to mention this week, we've had plenty of opportunities to mention this, but I've never really have mentioned it before. But the, the, the dynamic of these three characters, well, the, the one character in three, it's really cool because it's very much like the the middle one's doing all the talking. And yeah. the older one has is like is like sort of watching the words that he, he once said. And the younger one is learning the words that he needs to say one day. You know, yeah. it's really cool yeah. dynamic that's it's it's there in every scene. Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting observation, um, and it, it it totally because it's so consistent in in that the middle one is usually the one who is undertaking. I think in Burnt's the house actions. is the only, in the eighty six is the only time really that the young one spoke. I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and and in this scene where he later, oh, not in this scene, in this episode where he later uh, threatens the uh, Vindham politician with a gun. That's pretty much the only time he's actually done any kind of dirty work, which does yeah. certainly, for the most part, that does line up with your theory that he's kind of learning what he will need to do in the middle one. Yeah, is the he one needed who's... at least one point, like when he needed to, do, to learn, like get involved actively at one, one point to really show that he will turn into this guy. Yeah. Um, having said yeah. that, as I, as, as, as I sort of settle with the show more and more and more, um, I, I, you know, 
it's it's interesting the whole the whole conversation, which we'll get into. I'm sure when we go through your theories and at the very end, and we sort of do some questions about the show, we'll get into this really heavily. But the whole idea of like this being three stages of this one character's life, and the idea whether is it one or three, I love that idea. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, we'll get we'll yeah. get into that more as well. But uh, okay, so next up we get the Yana and Tronto scene. Like we've said, most of what we were going to say about this, I think, is, is there anything in particular you want to say about this scene where he gives her the uh, Ouroboros uh, bracelet? <laughs> well, he's got a lovely suede jacket for oh, a start. Wow. Yeah. Lovely jacket. I haven't mentioned that before. Um, have we seen that bracelet before? Because I was trying to rack my brains. Obviously, we saw it, it, it earlier. Will, in the episode, it will ring but... a bell because Yana, Yana was holding it earlier in this season. Whenever Tronta, whenever she was thinking about Tronta after the Mads uh, memorial. Uh, okay, maybe that's what but I'm But it it's, it's the where you're probably ringing a bell even more is it's not this bracelet, but in the caves, the Ouroboros oh, the Ariadne ring string. is on yeah, the yeah. string. Yeah, that's probably where it's in your mind from. Yeah, I just I couldn't remember if we'd explicitly seen this bracelet or not before because it, it was ringing a bell, but I think you might be right. It's just it's but the, probably the, 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 the symbolism of this bracelet in this episode is just absolutely fantastic because in this episode we learn, and like later on the character... Uh, Noah, who we assume is Alt Noah, obviously, um, he, he explains the idea of like it, it's a whole process. Now we have like Jonas, the unknown, Tronta, Ulrich, Mikkel, yeah. Jonas. It's it's it is a the, the snake eating its own tail, and that's yeah, fantastic in this episode where they're, they're sort of bringing that bracelet into the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, I mean the way the way they are. I so to be honest, where this episode, uh, where this bracelet ends up in this episode, so with Yana. I don't know if I fully grasp the significance of her having it or whether it's just a, a question of someone having it so that we have the visual metaphor of this is what it looks like. And as you said, the, the fact that they've managed to realise something so complex while also keeping all the character drama going is frankly ridiculous. Like, it's not really until you take a step back from it and be like, God, all of this stuff has just played into this one massive cycle that they've managed to keep kind of contiguous and and making sense for two and a half seasons now without really making any mistakes it's 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 pretty astounding to be honest it's it's really good like let's just be honest this is an amazing show yeah um Um, i was i was just gonna point out one thing as well It's, it's probably nothing but Tronta, this might be going back to what you were saying about him being like an old soul, but his use of words to describe the area around the lake where he calls it desolate is sort of like, it's a really weird choice of words. I don't know, what maybe that's a translation Not thing. Not enough Bush. Um, yeah, he is a fan of Bush, as we know. Um, <laughs> but it, it's just like when I think, when I look at something, you know, beautiful, which is, you know, what Tronta's saying, he likes yeah. going next, it's so, it's so quiet and peaceful and then he describes it as desolate and it's like, it will be give yeah. it give it sixty six years and yeah. it'll it'll be pretty desolate. Yeah, um, yeah, that is that was interesting actually. I was watching it with the dub today, so I, I didn't really pick up as much um, of that. The guys, I'm still looking. Did he say I, desolate I, in the dub? I can't remember what he said. If I'm honest, oh, with you. okay. But but I, I guys, I am still watching the dub uh, to try and pick nice. up on things. Um, so uh, we'll see. We'll see if I have anything today. Uh, okay. Oh. So last last week, uh, Conrad got accused of being a misogynist. Um, whereas we we get the I think we get one of the most misogynistic moments of this whole show right here. Uh, oh, Christ, Hannah, Hannah says to Egon, "I'm pregnant," and Egon's response is, "I thought you were being careful." Well, it's worse than that. Like I mean, I've, so first off, I think um, Hannah turns up wearing red, and I love this series commitment 
to paint putting its the characters the, the the female characters it's portraying as promiscuous and these bright colors in the 50s it's this, this real mm-hmm. commitment to kind of the film noir trope of this woman is promiscuous and is kind of being perceived as sinful by the society around her and this is how we're going to mark her out because she wears kind of gregarious clothing and she's more about having fun than she is about you know the seriousness of of, of real life um but yeah egon does not handle this well at all no. so he says i first i thought you were being careful which I don't know what that is supposed to mean. I assume they probably had like the morning after pill in the fifties. Maybe it's basically the I shift in the blame fully to her, like as if yeah. uh, contraception is just the woman's problem. Yeah, but then he says, "Are you sure it's mine?" Which is like, oh boy, <laughs> Dude, you are digging yourself a hole there, Egon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, to be fair, like Hannah is not always the best character. Or well, she she's a very good character. She's not always the most positive character. But here he gets a real like he gets both barrels of Hannah's more venomous side. And he completely deserves it. Um it's it, it's good that she gave him a dressing down because it's sort of like yeah, it's not not in character for, or it is in character for Egon to do this, but it's a sign that he has been wearied by his marriage falling apart i think that he's even thinking of saying things like this yeah exactly and uh, you know for the person who's about to comment and explain why egon isn't a misogynist let us have this one <laughs> right we don't have to argue anytime we, we we say something against a man we don't have to we don't we don't have to go straight to the comments he's this is you know okay all right i've said that uh so i will actually say though um there might be a bigger misogynist in this show oh like this is a misogynistic moment i'm not calling him a misogynist but um uh but daniel carnvold seems to be up there like daniel he, he, we very rarely see him do anything but he's sort of like his influence is on everything bad that happens with women in this show he's got a like. guy like, yeah, he's, he's got, got a guy. An abortion Don't worry guy. about that. Yeah, he's like, I'll ask Daniel. He's got a guy. Like, if you've got, if you've yeah. got an abortion guy, something's I, not right. I, I like the idea that he gave it to Egon without him being prompted. Like, as soon as Egon hinted that he might be seeing another woman, he was like, oh, "Wait one second, let me just get you my phone number, just to you know, just to keep you covered in case <laughs> anything happens." Yeah, and, and then is... like, and they probably gave him the St. Christopher necklace as well. Like, give her that; she'll love it. Yeah, yeah. And there, there is, there is some, some sort of parallel that can be drawn i suppose or some interesting uh, point of analysis which i'm not going to get really into now between the idea that daniel carnvald has an abortion guy meaning that he probably had a lot of abortions and then the parallel between that and the fact that enos had a child that died just after it was born and therefore she always wanted a child it's really interesting that that they are they are father and daughter you know yeah it's um i i imagine we're not going to see that much of that dynamic given where we are in the show now but i don't understand like how uh, enis has her problems don't get me wrong mm-hmm. you know she's grown up to think that she could just drug boys and keep them in her house to to stop them from leaving but she seems like kind of she seems like an okay person apart from that whereas daniel carnval just seems awful so i don't understand how enis ended up the way she did given what we know about him yeah exactly and in, in terms of the um the Enos and the Mickle thing, like, let's be honest, I said this in Dark Discussions a week or two ago, you have to blame the social worker. Like, if, if you're going, if you're going to take, uh, give a child to someone, you need to go to the house, you need to check the cupboards, you need to see, are there any sleeping pills about? Like, <laughs> yeah. you need to do these checks. You don't just give a kid to someone because they say, I've always <laughs> wanted a kid. Yeah, and they're like, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they they like every time they turn up to like check in on him, it's like, oh, he's asleep. <laughs> it's like he's been asleep the last dozen times I've been here. Wake him up. I yeah. need to talk to Mikkel. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so then we get a scene between Burnt, uh, Middle Burnt, and uh, and Young Claudia. Mm, I I love the shot of um, Claudia surrounded uh, by the promotional material for the nuclear plant with um, the uh, atom energy uh, und Frieden or Frieden it would be because it's I yeah. uh, Frieden uh, slogan because it's it's. Even it, it's sort of it's a nice shot, like it looks nice compositionally, but it's it works metaphorically as well because it's sort of even at this early early stage, she is literally surrounded by and engulfed by the nuclear plant and everything that it will come to represent mm-hmm. um, in Vinden. It's sort of closing in around her. Um, That's cool. And and the the, the 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 that slogan, which it, it gives you in English a little bit later, but it, I think it's nuclear power and peace and quiet, or nuclear power and peace. I think is what Fryden is translated as in this in this instance. Is this really interesting encapsulation of this like overly optimistic view that everyone has in the fifties about the future? <laughs> they're, yeah. they're all sort of like, oh, this is all going to be really cool, and it's just not at all. Yeah, and I also like the, the like the the sort of ego on Burnt as well, like the idea yeah. that, that the family on the poster is his family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're looking a lot happier than they do in real life as well. Yeah, like they. Yeah, it's it's like the idealistic uh, future, which actually we all know didn't come to pass. Whenever the uh, yeah the power plant got came in came into being, I I, I love the irony of like yeah the, this poster showing the this nuclear family of him uh, Greta and. Um, and uh, Helga, when I don't actually think we've seen those three characters in a room together at any point in this show. That's in. Oh, oh we might have once in the in the corridor in season one, but yeah, as I, even if, if I'm stretching to find a time, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like they, like calling them a family of any type seems like a stretch at this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so um, actually, just to add to that, we like we also know that Helga isn't burnt because that's what Greta was saying. He was like, uh, yeah. remember, she yeah. he was conceived in sin. Um, so then, uh, basically, uh, we get the scene which we were talking about earlier with yeah. uh, the unknown uh, Gary uh, hold of Gary <laughs> getting the fella to sign the document so the nuclear power plant can get. So, what did you think about this? Because I've got a few things to say about this in a minute. But what do you think? Um, I will, I mean, like tonally, it was odd because it sort of turned into like a CSI episode or something like it felt like a bit like a crime thriller for this for this episode where they were like shaking down a politician to get him to sign um to sign uh the the uh, permits or whatever for the for the nuclear plant um so that um that was in- interesting or caught me off guard I guess um I also love the the kind of irony in this scene of they are shaking down a politician to get the nuclear plant built so they can go forward 33 years in time and cause like a really serious accident. <laughs> that's it, which is giving with one hand and taking with the other. That's, and that's what I wanted to mention is that this moment here for me takes a lot of options off the table for the show because the fact of the matter is time travel exists, right? So they were able to do this. But if they didn't do this, time travel wouldn't exist because you know you need the dark matter, you need, yeah. you, need you need the god particle. So this moment where they, it shows that the only reason the nuclear power plant came into being is because of these characters, that really when I was watching it for the first time, I was like, 
I was really expecting it to end with going and changing something or whatever. Um, and I'm not saying that won't happen, but I'm just saying at this point, I was like, well, how the hell are they going to do that now? Because like literally time travel can only, time travel can only exist if time travel already existed. Like, you know, yeah. so this, at this point I was like, I was so confused that I didn't, yeah. I, like, I had no idea where they were going. Um, so what do you think in terms of that? <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it seems like it's just another in a long line of kind of bootstrap paradoxy kind of things, you know, like they, they have to, the, these events have to have happened in order for them to happen yeah but my, my question is if that's the case like this is a different sort of bootstrap paradox is because it literally involves the invention of time travel so how if they like they keep talking about breaking the cycle or at the end of this episode like adam even says we need to destroy the origin or whatever like how how is that gonna change like i don't i at this point when i was watching i was like what is gonna happen here because well so know? i mean we'll get we will get there later i i know exactly what you mean i'm mm-hmm. kind of I'm trying to figure out there there has to be it all all shows like like I mean we kind of know the stakes like the the universe is like at stake now basically so I feel like there's got to be kind of like a ticking clock put in play at some point that someone has to try and circumvent I know that that's kind of like a a sort of almost like a cheesy and really sort of standard genre trope of, of of thrillers and this show hasn't really used them thus far well, i guess it did a little bit with the klaus and stuff at the um at the power plant at the end of um at the end of season two but i feel like the ticking clock is probably going to be alt martyr racing to abort um the 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 children or the babies that she she's pregnant with at the moment because yeah, i okay. guess that will that i mean if she gets that abortion that will potentially destroy everything because everyone will stop existing at that point um yeah and also the existence of this second world does sort of bring other other equations in because the fact of the matter is these characters who are doing this seem to like they're kind of from both worlds but they seem to have grown up in the other world with eva so this the, the fact that they've come from another world to this world to do this actually does open you back up in terms of things changing because if you have influence from other worlds then it's not really written, written in stone what happens i suppose but um yeah. it still was very confusing for me at that at this point yeah i mean it, it's still confusing for me to be honest i just at basically anytime there's a moment where it's like how can this be happening this way because it has to have always happened this way in order to happen this way i, I just have to be like yeah okay that's fine you win this round dark i'm just gonna, <laughs> like i'm not gonna question it <laughs> like, yeah exactly um right okay so uh next one we get um this is the moment where alt marta runs out of the bunker um goes you know up the dune and uh and then we get the little bit of uh stranger alt marta saying you know you can have her if you want you know uh so what do you think about this yeah so i mean this is this this is really the scene where i was like i don't think alt marta or stranger marta is telling the whole truth here i think this is another in a long line of characters who are manipulating either Jonas or marta to get them to do what they want them to do so that that character can be in the position they currently are mm-hmm. um i think there's lo- there's we're we're spoiled for choice with characters who are who are behaving in that way in this show now and stranger himself has done it um so it's not that surprising that that stranger Marta is also doing it um i think that the 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 thing that really struck me actually about this scene was that i wonder where they filmed this because they've got like the cave entrance it looks pretty much spot on so this is either a set uh and it's a really good one if it is 
or they somehow found um, a very similar cave and then dressed it up to look pretty much identical to the the one that they've used for the rest of the show. I think even the, but I know actually I know what you mean, but I think the cave itself, like the original cave, I think it is a set. Oh, okay. But no, I, I think they, they did make they 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 made like a faux cave in the forest, but I think they've also got a cave set as well. Ah, uh, okay. So I, th- I think maybe it is a I set. I think then. it's a set. Um, yeah, it's a very good one if it is. Yeah, uh, no, but they do. They made a they made a uh, on location cave entrance too, I believe. But I have definitely seen pictures of uh, like a cave with blue screen around it in, in on a set as well. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Agnes in this episode, I'm not going to say anything. What do you, what's your take of her very small but seemingly important uh, moments in this episode? Well, I mean, the big question is obviously where where is she going. Um, she gets given the newspaper and told that she has to give it to Claudia. So smart money's on 2019. Um, 2019? 2020? No. 2020, yeah. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. Um, to go and find Claudia, assuming Claudia is still in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's where she's turning up. I am still of the opinion that she wasn't actually betraying Claudia when she gave, um that newspaper clipping to Noah and she still is is kind of playing the long game with with uh with old Claudia as as I think Tronta is as well. Um I think those two are aware of what they need to do to try and fix things and they are carrying out older Claudia's wishes now that she's dead. So I'll be really interested to see where this um where this leads with middle Claudia, whether these two end up whether these two being Agnes and Tronta, these two end up kind of guiding uh, middle Claudia to, to what they need her to do. Okay, very interesting. All right. Uh, then uh, the scene where Claudia comes up, takes Tronta's hand and says, well, we're going home now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we actually, um, I didn't didn't think to mention it, but in the uh, the scene with Burns and Claudia, Burns says something to the effect of, take what you want, don't worry about other people or something like that. And then we see we see Claudia immediately putting that advice into action by being like, oh, I don't like the fact that Yana is getting close to my boyfriend or this boy I like. I don't actually know if it's implied they're together at this point. Well, there's no Facebook just, in those days, so you can't make it official. Yeah. They're just showing it's their not official genitals to each other. It's not official until marriage. Yeah. It's not official to you show your penis to a girl in the woods. That's what that's, that, that was the way that, things were done. That was in. the old way, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the old country. Yeah, um, yeah. But sh- so she comes in, takes him away, and says, "Go away, Yana. We're off home," <laughs> and and wanders off with him. Um, although we we do actually get um, a nice little moment here where um, Chanta's origin is kind of uh, elaborated on a little bit, talking about how obviously his his dad is the unknown who probably weren't the best father let's be honest <laughs> like if we're, if, if we're i don't know i haven't seen them parent but i'm gonna go out on a limb and say i don't think they were they were a particularly attentive uh parent to be honest um but then he was stuck in care homes and he's got all those cigar burns all over his arms um and we've talked and it will come back again actually in this episode or you've talked specifically about these characters who are able to kind of break the cycle of abuse mm-hmm. and Tronta's a really interesting case in that because he does actually seem for all for all the kind of bad stuff he gets into in terms of hiding bodies and murdering Regina and stuff like that he does actually seem to have to some extent managed to carve out a relatively normal life for himself for most of his life despite mm-hmm. 
the nightmarish upbringing that he went through. Oh yeah, in terms of the actual physical abuse, he's definitely definitely was able to avoid doing that. As far as I'm aware, like Mads, Mad, we don't really know Mads' story, but we know Ulrich. Yeah. We know Ulrich. There's no there's been any uh, instance of him being abused by Tr- Tronta, so he did. He didn't really do that. But uh, when I referenced Tronta in that regard, I was talking about like sort of the 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 adulterous cycle as well within there. Yeah. But um, yeah. but yeah, definitely, definitely, he he doesn't. I don't think he's a physical abuser of his children. But um, yeah. Well, actually, at the same time, like the, the unknown, we have no we have no confirmation that the unknown is a physical abuser. But but he was abused through the care homes and things, and through the orphanages. Um, you know, but let's be honest, he, the, the unknown seems like the guy too. Uh, well, his parents weren't particularly attentive. Like his mum had a habit of just disappearing off to different timelines for ye- what looks like years at a time, and and his dad was a was a murderous trio of kind of time paradox people so yeah like you know Tronta is a character it's not a great Tronta is a character who gets a lot of sympathy from us as well I would imagine yeah um okay so next one we get uh the scene where Hannah leaves Ulrich and basically they go she's gonna go to get an abortion yep yeah and and she is it this scene or it might be later in the episode where she actually takes the time machine with her there's an episode she does take it with her this this is the last time she's with, with with Egon yeah yeah, so there's there's a scene, and I believe it's this one where she picks up the, the the briefcase with the time machine in it, which to me implies that whatever she's doing, she's not coming back here. Um, I I wonder if Hannah's character will develop at all because, as you say, she hasn't really grown from what we've seen of her throughout this series, but she keeps on failing to find her place. Um, you know, she makes the same mistakes over and over again and then has to live with the consequences of them or run away and so far every time she's run away yeah yeah she has um okay so back into the cave uh marta stops and looks around for a bit but the main point here is that we have the line being drawn down to the infinity symbol for the first time so you sort of straight away knowing oh there's going to be something going on here and we also get noah noah coming out as well Ah oh, shit! Mark Vashke's back, and he's wearing cool desert camo stuff. Yeah, I was I was so happy to see him again. Just to you know, get that get that gravelly voice once again in this in the series. It's lovely to see. Um, I feel like they they kept us waiting for that. They knew the fans wanted it, and they're like, we're gonna keep you waiting until halfway through the season before you get Alt Noah. Um, and uh, Conrad, we're gonna we're gonna spoil the viewers now because we have got so much stuff because of the question and answers in this video. At the end, I'm gonna put it now. Let's do a quick okay. what, the, what the dub. Oh, yeah, okay, let's do it. What the dub? So the what the dub, very, very quickly, I didn't want to devote a whole segment at the end, but I wanted to include the jingle, um, is <laughs> basically we haven't seen Mark Vashke for the whole season. And we, we he's, you know, he's one of the fan favorite characters and actors in the show, and his voice is so amazing. And I've done a whole what the dub before on the, on the English-speaking actor that plays the dub, right? <laughs> but it's all built up. It's built up so much, so much, and we're finally back. And then the drone, and he goes, "Hey, how are you?" <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, whatever he says. But he's got that voice, and it's just like uh, it was such a letdown. I honestly, like Mark Vashke is like one of the one of the best voiced actors in this uh oh and best performed as well but but best voiced uh, characters in this entire show but the fact that they ballsed it up so badly with the casting of the dubbing is borderline criminal i think yeah it's it's just absolute 
I thought to myself, like, he hasn't been in the season so far. Just cast a different person. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't yeah. care about the continuity. We won't remember. The, yeah, I don't care about the continuity. Now, the really sad thing is, is I've heard from before that sometimes dub, like, actors stick with the same, like, foreign actor. Like, say, like, Jonas's uh, dub actor, right, we might do the same Lewis Hoffman and oh, okay. everything. Can you so imagine if this, this is the guy that Mark Vashke got? I'd say, like, I wonder, I, I know some people who watch the dub of this. I think my parents actually may, uh, might be watching the dub of it. And I should catch up with them and see how they think, how they how they feel about Noah as a character. Because I just feel like the way you've described that voice actor, it, 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 like Mark Vashke's voice is so central to yeah. how great a character he is. It's like you know, this bassy, kind of threatening, somber voice. And if he lost that, I mean, it'd still be, you know, a strong performance. But... I I just think my opinion of Noah would be changed forever if if I had to subject myself to this voice acting that you're describing. It's it's honestly terrible. It is it is honestly one of the worst bits of casting I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Hello, friends. Are you tired of spending hours scrolling through YouTube and podcasting apps looking for something containing two straight white men discussing movies? No luck finding anything. Frustrating, isn't it? Well, look no further. We're proud to introduce to you the best movie podcast ever, the only movie podcast of its type, presenting objective, rational, and, most importantly, fun dialogue around the movies we know and love. Movies such as Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight, Christopher Nolan's Tenet, literally anything Denis Villeneuve has ever made, Luis Buñuel's surrealist masterpiece Unshan Andalou, Christopher Nolan's The Prestige, and many more. But the fun doesn't stop there. We aim to offer deep, complex analysis. By joining us every Thursday, you'll be able to experience conversations involving pointing out plot holes, tentatively avoiding discussion about the casting of minority actors, Harry Potter, fact or fiction, what's up with Tom Cruise, and many more. Subscribe now and don't miss an episode, every Thursday, beginning on Christmas Eve 2020. You'd be crazy to miss it. Um, all right, so next up, uh, Doris says bye-bye to Egon. They're getting a divorce. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a bit a bit two-faced of her of a monosphere. Um, and I think she, like, obviously, he is cheating, so... Yeah. But I, in my mind, I was just like, you know, just tell him you cheated too. Like, you know, you're, you're condemning this man to a lifetime of, like, alcoholism over losing you. He at least deserves to know that you did it to him as well. I see. I, I, I mean, I do agree. Taken out of the context of this scene, I, I would totally agree with you. I think mm-hmm. Egon does deserve to know it as well. I didn't get the sense that this scene was kind of um, picking aside. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, for me, the kind of the slow zoom on this kind of still conversation of this marriage falling apart it's very very reminiscent yeah, in yeah. a way of the Katarina and Ulrich uh, scene from season one when uh, yeah. when um but it kind of brings us into but like, like literally brings us into the very real kind of heartbreak of these pe- two people who probably did love each other at one point almost almost certainly like uh, they loved each other mm-hmm. and they're forced to forever separate because of the interventions of others and I, I I see what you mean I think because we like Egon as a character we probably want him to get some kind of him to know at least why the marriage is falling apart and that it's not all his fault yeah um but i think it's 
it's more just that th- these people are being pulled apart for um, by by forces beyond their control. You know, Agnes, as much as Doris was willing to do it, Agnes did s- deliberately come and seduce Doris, mm-hmm. um, and Hannah, c- kind of the same as well. Like Hannah seemed to have an idea in her head of what she wanted to do from the moment she saw Egon. Um, so well, in a well, way, I know Agnes and Doris are really. I know our, Agnes and Doris are very um, are both women. But you yeah. know, it, I will bring up an old saying of mine, and, I, and my wife laughs at this every time I say it. But in terms of cheating, it's really easy not to put your dick in something. Yeah, that is true. You know what I mean, it's it's really easy not to put your dick in something, and that goes for Agnes and Agnes and uh, Doris too. Uh, I don't think that there's an excuse for cheating just because someone, one of the parties, was trying to seduce you. I don't. No, no, yeah, I, I think I, I, I think that's true. Yeah, just to just to be clear, but but I think the the point, the point. <laughs> no, the point, you don't think is, it's true. You're pro cheating. Oh no, I'm gonna I'm gonna get cancelled again. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> pro. Um, adultery, comrade. Yeah. Um, that's what they call me. <laughs> I, I, but I think I think the 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 point this is trying to make is just that people, other, like external forces, have involved themselves in this marriage, and it has been pulled apart as a result. And so neither of them are really at fault. It's just kind of it's just sad what it's mm-hmm. depicting here. It's just a it's just a kind of heartbreaking scene. Uh, presumably the last time we will we will see these characters together. Maybe the last time we'll ever see Doris because she doesn't seem to be mentioned that much after this point in the yeah. uh, in the story. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, to be honest with you, it's a sad end to this because you'd imagine that if these are if these characters, other characters who were influencing it didn't exist, maybe they could have had a happy life together. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, this is the way it went. Um, so then we get introduced to a new character mm. in the uh, abortion waiting room. Yes. Well, Helen. Yes, yeah. Well, sort of a new character. Oh, wait, no. What's that Catherine's mum called? Helen. Oh, it is Helen. Okay, I thought when you said a new character, I was like, wait. Well, a new version, someone a new actress, actress, I should yeah. say. A new actress. Okay, no, I'm say. with you. Yeah. So this this is um this is a really interesting scene actually. There's there's a lot in the fifties in this episode. Um, in fact, pretty much all of it is in the fifties. Um, but. Th- uh, there's a huge amount of really good uh drama to be had and like, a, a huge amount of like really really power- like powerful characterizations um particularly of characters like this in the fifties mm-hmm. so th- this this scene is quite a brief and touching glimpse into talking about those cycles of abuse um the the abuse in the alba's family um and the fact like the, there's there really isn't that much here and I wonder how much of, more of her we will see um but the fact that this kind of one short interaction with a kind stranger has enough of an impact on Helene that 33 years later she will name her child after this woman says well, a huge amount. Years, but like 12 or whatever. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I guess it would be yeah, like 12 or 13 or whatever. But but still, like the the, the fact that she will name her child after this character um, says a huge amount about how terrible her life is at this point. And obviously, you know, she's maybe a. 12 or 13 year old girl who's going to get an abortion um which is you know profoundly upsetting mm-hmm. in and of itself um but yeah it, it's another really really strong example in this this episode of these young characters um that don't really need to say anything explicitly they kind of talk around the the horrific circumstances in in their past or in their current lives and and the context of what we know about them fills in the blanks yeah it's really interesting um so I'm going to do something now, which a lot of viewers might not want me to do, but um, 
we are eventually going to once like the as revelations come out that I can draw from that family tree, we'll start to talk about them a bit more. Now in a few episodes time we'll be able to talk about most of it. But so don't go look at it yet, Conrad. But there's a particular part of the family tree that I want to have a look at here. Um Okay. in that if on the family tree it actually has Katarina on it. Because obviously she's yep. the she's the mother of um of uh Mikkel, Magnus and, and uh Marta who are all on it. Now, so it has Katarina her her maiden name is Albers, as we know. Yeah. It shows Katarina's parents on there too. Okay. And it has Helen Albers on there. But this is the really interesting part. Herman Albers is her father on that family tree. Yeah. Now for me, right, my my conclusion that I draw from that and my, the multiple dark discussions about this and people know, everyone who's listened to this podcast knows my stance on this already. But the fact that She's called Helen Albers here at 12 or 13 years old. Means that that's mm. not her married name. Which means Katarina, I believe, based on the family tree, is actually, without time travel involved, a true product of incest. Now, I know that that's, that means that it would have to be when, you know, Helen was like 28 or whatever. She would have to get pregnant from, from her brother or her, or her uncle or whoever it was. But I truly believe that's what the show's telling us based on the fact that she is called Albers at this age. Yeah, I mean, well, that would certainly be consistent with with the hints this scene is dropping about her uh, abusive home life. Yeah. Um, you know, the, it, she she is not from a happy home. You don't send a 12-year-old girl to go and get a backstreet abortion mm-hmm. on her own. And, and you know, the, 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 she... It is heartbreaking when you think about, like, you know, how little kindness this this girl must have seen in her life that Hannah or Katerina, as she believes her to be called, is someone that she will remember over a decade from now when she is naming a child. And yeah. I, I could totally believe that she is a product, uh, or that that actual Katerina is a product of incest, um, because that tends to come with abusive relationships. You know, yeah. That, and like even if like sort okay, of me- meta gaming the uh, the series too. It makes sense with all this time travel incest happening that they would want to highlight a, a, a real case of incest too, you know? Yeah. And sort yeah. of have that as a real thematic, like, it's real drama, you know? It's it's like, it's a really deep character point that I I, I yeah. genuinely believe that. I think uh, I think um, that's, that's a really interesting point. And I think it's important in a way that they do something like that because um, you can kind of, it's not played for laughs, but you can almost kind of, hand wave the incest between Jonas and Marta because it's kind of obscured a little bit by the time travel stuff and the ethics of it are lost in that and I think it's very I'm I'm really impressed that they have grounded the show in a in just even just a little snapshot of what a real incestuous relationship tends to look like which is the reality of them statistically is that they do go hand in hand with abuse yeah, almost yeah. all the time um i mean there's always so, one kid in a school who you joke that his his parents are cousins but you know yeah <laughs> that that's that's yeah. just a joke yeah um I, and but this is just to just to say one final thing about helena albers here this is another great example in dark of them presenting a character in was it 
it was two episodes ago where we saw her kind of slapping Katarina around the back of the head yeah. in the 80s. Taking a character and being like, oh, look at what a bastard this character is. And then pulling the camera back and saying, here's why they're a bastard. And then it's like, oh, you've done it again, Doc. <laughs> <laughs> like, you've made me sympathize with someone I didn't like. Uh, and it's so good at doing it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll just, I'll just, I can say this as well now because at this point in the show, there's, there's not really you're not really going to find that any other way. So I may as well just tell you, cause it is a cool little bit of trivia. Um, I, I don't even know how we know this. Someone in the comments, tell me how we know this. I know it's on the dark wiki, but I don't know where we found it out in the show. There must've been something in the show that told us. Cause otherwise, why would it be on the dark wiki? Uh, we've actually met Herman Elbers. Um, Herman, oh, Elbers, really? Herman Elbers is the farmer from the first season with the dead sheep. Oh, that's wow. Kat- that's okay. Katarina's father. And he was also at Mads Memorial as well this season. Ah, uh, that's interesting. I don't okay. know how we know that's his name, but we know that's his name. It's probably just in the credits, right? Like I think they. I think yeah, they... actually, yeah, you're right. It's probably just the, they're probably just hiding that in the credits. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. That that's just that the that, that that's who it is, and, and uh, you know that's another relationship where it's sort of like I, d- I doubt we're gonna get that much more on that relationship because there's only so many hours of television left. Well, as I say, I but, wouldn't be uh, telling that if I, if I like you, 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 that's something that I know you weren't gonna theorize <laughs> yeah. about. So I Herman just... Albers turns out to be the origin. Yeah. So you know, it's all <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, no, he was just he was a tool in uh, in Egon's journey down the Satanism. <laughs> yeah. And that is, that. In, in many ways, in many ways, that's the most important thematic yeah. discussion in the whole of Dark, really. Oh, yeah, We've got to get out, get rid of those Satanists. Yeah, we, we'll, They're we'll ruining get, our children. Eventually, we'll meet them. Eventually, there's a yeah. cabal of Satanists <laughs> underneath this whole thing. <laughs> yep, Yasin's involved. Oh, he has to be. Has to be. Look at those eyes. But, uh, okay, so then we see the beginning of what Ulrich had warned us about in previous seasons. Egon is starting to drink. Yep. Yeah, so this is... A sharp. T- we we've seen little dark moments from Egon's character throughout this hey. episode. That are okay. There you go. Um, that are sort of a bit out of character for him. That show you know there's an edge to him that wasn't there previously. And here, um, we have you know his descent into into alcoholism. Yeah. Um, that that we know he'll. Was he still drinking when he died? I don't know if it was really said one way or another. He seemed like he was doing better. Was he sipping on a whiskey or something whenever he was listening to Creator? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, little Irish coffee. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Actually, I, I mean, actually, I, think I don't it's... think we did see him drink when he was an older man. Oh no, I th- we did. I think it... he was sitting behind the police desk drinking. Remember? Well, yeah. So Straight when we when we when we see him as like in season one when he's still a police officer, he is definitely still yeah. uh, struggling with with alcoholism. I I wonder whether there is a sort of implication that maybe uh, as his relationship with Claudia started to improve, his drinking lessened um in in season two that that's kind of me just well that only guessing. that only approved in like 36 hours you know it only yeah. improved in a very short amount of time so yeah he had a really good week at the end it but, might have just um, been that he didn't get to the shop that those, those yeah. couple of days to get to get <laughs> some alcohol um yeah but it, it, alcohol it is heartbreaking um yeah it is it is really heartbreaking for egon's character like to see someone so good brought so low by powers outside of their control is is awful yeah yeah i agree um okay so burnt uh this is no point even mentioning this but why not we're completionists here literally picks up the permit and says hey i've got a permit I don't. This this episode was an hour. I enjoyed this episode. I'll preface this by saying that. Oh, you, but you this texted episode, me and said it was bloody brilliant. 
yeah, it was it was a really good episode, but the, the, it was an hour and four minutes long, and I don't understand why this scene was in the episode. Like we didn't need, like we saw them get the permit. Like I don't, I, I assume that Burns is going to receive it. I don't need to see. Like they're going to show him posting it back to the, back to the council offices once he's countersigned it as well. Just no, like... I think it's probably it's. I think it's probably like the, the actor. They were like, um, right, we need you to come in and do the scene with with young Claudia. You're going to be a bit of a perv in it, but you know. That'll that'll be okay, you know. That's the scene. He's like, "Is that the only scene I've got?" It's like, "Yeah." Well, I don't want to just come and do one scene where I'm a perv. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll add another one in. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel about picking up a folder? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's gonna get. You. I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was such a pointless scene. Is I don't know why it was in. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, it's it's something that Dark doesn't do very often. Like Dark very often uh, show uh, like like they 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 assume that the audience is following along to a certain yeah. level. Um, yeah. But yeah, in this regard, they just decided that actually, you know what, we'll just, we'll just make sure that they, they know. Um, yeah. You know, I, I wasn't against it, you know, but at the same time, it, it, there was no need for it. Um, when you, uh, when your runtime is an hour and four minutes, you can trim some of that fat. And this was <laughs> like some of the, this is one of the rare bits of fat in this episode. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay. So then we get uh, Adam with the book and we see that he has the picture of the trio um and then uh he starts chatting to Marta uh and sort of is building up the idea that um he's going to he's going to tell her basically that she has the origin in her womb. Yeah. And there there's we talk about mirroring all the time sort of structurally or, or visually in dark or narratively for that matter. And here we get this the scene in 2053 and the scene in alt 2019 perfectly mirroring each other so him talking about and, and it's it is you know the beginning is the ending the ending is the beginning we have adam telling alt marta how how the beginning will occur and and what she needs to do to stop it from happening or well what he thinks she needs to do to stop it from happening and while that is happening we have Jonas and uh and a younger alt marta getting it on getting it on yep um yeah, so they do, and uh, then I could not just to. I, I just want to briefly say I could not get over how dirty Jonas's thumbnail was <laughs> when he had it on Marta's face. It's like, for the love of God, wash your hands, young man. Yeah, actually, that, that's that's worth being said. When they actually do originally, get, when they eventually get around to have, having the coitus, um, it actually is quite um, it is quite rough and ready compared to the other scenes that they've had yeah. very loving, very sort of like candle lit scenes before, where this one was very. It's like the um, the the cutaways in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia when it cuts to Frank having sex with like a prostitute occasionally, <laughs> and like someone will say something and it just goes back to a wide shot with him just like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's that's what I wanted from this. It wasn't quite that, but uh, it was it was closer to it than we've seen before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we see the author of the book. Yes, dear Dad, signing off. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so I didn't see that coming. To be honest, that they would be the ones who write it. It makes perfect sense that they would be, but I did not see it coming. And who taught and the, them to write? Yeah, I mean, they probably there's a load of books in the the yeah. Eric Lux. Eric Lux is that what they're called? Yeah, yeah. I always forget their name. It's not as good as Sigmunders. Um, plenty of books there, so they could probably teach themselves to write. Yeah. Um, oh, in fact, that's a bootstrap paradox. The oldest one knows how to write, so he just teaches like it's always his responsibility to teach the yeah. other two. Um, yeah, the the um, the sign off of "I am left to die alone. I am my sole judge. Me." Um, 
feels like a kind of final confession, um, knowing that Marta will perhaps attempt to lose the baby and therefore break everything. I th- I think that's that to me feels like the natural way that everything is potentially going to blow up. That's like the the end game for a lot of the characters here is like everything's going to happen the way it is. Marta will try to abort the baby to stop all this from happening and everyone will die as a result. Um, so I guess the question then becomes who's trying to stop her from doing that or who's trying to alter things so that's not what happens. The, the, thi- the thing is though as well is that there's been a few comments that have really tr- like tried to ask you this question and there's no, because you haven't seen the whole show, there's no way you can give us a satisfying answer, but I'm going to ask it again anyway, okay? Okay. What's your explanation as to how how on earth can that happen if Altmarta has already grown to be Eva? Like, how can she then go and get an abortion which causes this whole thing to blow up? Like, there there has to be some way that can happen. And obviously you haven't seen the show, so you're, you know, it's, you're not going to have a satisfying answer for us for that. But it is something that I want to keep posing to you because it is something that you need to think about, to be honest with you. Well, so, I mean, there's... I, I, I'm not a physicist. I'm going to preface this by saying that, just in case anyone hadn't wasn't, wasn't aware of that up until this point. But my understanding of kind of theories of time travel is that there are two, basically. There's, there's one where you can alter your own past. Uh, you can alter your, your, um, your, your own... Uh, sort of future by going to your past and changing something. So, yeah. you know, if I went back to, I was born in 1987. So if I went back to, I don't know, 1995 and said you're going to play football every day for the rest of your life, I might maybe I'd I'd go back to 2019, uh, 2020, and I would be a professional footballer or something like that. That's one of the schools of it of of, of time travel. The other is that no matter what you do to your past, your your past has actually already happened for your present. Mm. So it doesn't matter what you change there. And I think that to me is the logic that Dark is employing here. So Marta can abort the the baby and it will break things going forward, but it's not going to change Eva's past and Stranger Marta's past because those have already happened. Um, so th- th- there is no way for her actions to actually influence the past. All they can do is influence the future. And I think Dark does itself say that uh when it talks about there's a scene between stranger and katarina i think in season two where stranger trying to talk her out of going back to try and uh send mickle back to the present and stranger says you you can't do that because i've already had my past it's not going to fix it it's not going to fix everything like sending mickle back to the future won't erase me from existence because time will find a way to time will find a way to kind of fix that um i think was the implication of what stranger was saying but but either way you know it's not going to erase stranger from from um from the existence by doing that and i think it's the same thing here so basically you can't change your past is what i think dark is uh, what the logic you're that dark is that you here. can change your future yes yeah so okay. so just because just because eva had the 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 unknown and stranger martyr had the unknown doesn't mean that young old martyr needs to have the unknown like that, she can yeah, change it that that make that that could make sense in in the show and if they do that there is a way to make that make sense in terms of the idea that every time you're sort of moving on with a character's life the whole thing is like moving like so there's like the idea of there being an 80 1986 for example let's choose a random year in my mind, when I was watching it, there was one 1986. 
Like, there was mm. one version of it. It happened the same every time. Like, it's still a linear timeline, but all the people are traveling around it. So, like, yeah. if there's only 186 or 2020, or like, one point in these line, then in my mind, there was, like, no way that they could change anything. And I've said before, when I was watching it, I was like, it's going to just end with the cycle completing. Because in my mind, there was, like, there's no way... I, I trusted the writers more to be honest with you because i think the way what you're explaining it would make it makes sense in a film filmmaking time travel sort of way it does yeah um it's consistent with so much other time travel shows for me i was like yeah but if they do that they're opening themselves up for plot holes because i mean they are yeah they, that's they are 100% because well, as soon as you say yeah well i know eva exists but i'm going to i'm going to change what i'm doing uh because you know she still exists but it's going to open up plot holes. And I, when I was watching the show, I was like, I have too much faith in these writers. I don't think they're just going to say, well, this happens because it happens. Um, I thought that, like, it, it was all going to be sort of very contained. But I will say, um, in my mind, if you, when you're saying that she's going to go and get an abortion, the thing is, though, if Eva didn't do that, right, it wouldn't be going to get the abortion and getting the abortion that would break the cycle. It would mm. be literally the first step that she takes different to Eva. Like, well, it, so yeah. it, it, because as soon as she alters her path w at all, that's going to change everything. Well, I don't think it will change everything though. Cause I mean, we've seen between the alternate worlds that there is a certain amount of variance that whatever kind of unseen guiding hand pushes time in a certain direction is prepared to deal with, you know, so Ulrich didn't marry or didn't get with Hannah in the real world, but he got with Hannah in, in, um, in um, the alt world and Mikkel didn't go missing in the alt world so there are yeah. variances within the timeline that don't completely screw up everything but, but you're saying but, that then, that, but then that you're developing your own theory now because you're saying that the variances only happen in separate worlds so what you're saying is if Marta does go and get the abortion is that now a different world than the two we've seen well, no. What I mean is because, that yeah, like because that's... we because we've seen it be different between the worlds. I think it's different between the cycles as well. But there is there are there is a degree of difference in each cycle that time, if you want to kind of consider it as that time as a as a force of preserve self preservation can handle. So I don't know. Maybe in maybe in one of the cycles, let's say Stranger's cycle, uh, you know, he rather than getting hung, he got like you know shot in the arm or something like that like i think something like that or rather than getting shot in the in the the leg he got shot in the arm or something like that you know i think i think time is is this force that has a has a propensity to 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 preserve itself and and is resilient to those kind of minor changes i think the big changes like for instance marta going and and getting an abortion if that is what what happens that's the kind of stuff that will break everything. But her literally taking one step different to Stranger Marta or, or Eva won't actually be uh, that significant because time itself can can correct things to 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 try and keep itself on the same track and keep like maintain those cycles. I think I think I, I I get I get what you're saying. The only thing that I that I can't square in my head through your theory is that you would need to have like. It would need to be creating a new world or something because, like, twenty nineteen happened the way twenty nineteen happened, and if you change something, you know, it's in, in order for that to happen, there would need to be two different twenty nineteens or two like every moment in time needed to be multiplied twice. Like that's that's the interesting part of it to me that is not really matching up in my mind. Uh, but I say yeah. I say that as if the show isn't gonna isn't gonna do that. 
let me tell you, where the show goes, we're going to have to talk about it a lot as well. But, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I'm 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 entirely prepared to be completely wrong about this. That's just kind of the working theory I have in my head as to how how things can be changed at all. Because otherwise, as you say, the natural conclusion for this, and I've had that exact same thought, is oh, we're, the cycle's just going to complete, and we're going to end with Jonas waking up in bed and the milk being off and the power being off and Hannah having sex with Ulrich and it's going to be like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> nice one, guys. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Um, okay, yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll talk about more more about that as we go on, I'm sure. I'm sure, like, even, like, after we finish the whole series, we'll have a huge discussion about what a cycle is and all that sort of thing. Um, oh, I'm not uh, going to be any clearer on it then than I am no, now. That's, yeah, my, yeah. that's my fear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so next uh, we get the montage, and it is... Uh, yeah sort of punctuated throughout by Marta and uh, Jonas uh, in, engaging in a, a bit of, uh, you know, old animalistic hanky, tendencies. Hanky-panky. A bit of hanky-panky. Um, um, yeah. We've, uh, I, I've, I've mentioned before that I think some of the songs in Dark are written for the show because of how perfectly they fit it. Yeah. I'm 90% certain this one was written for the show. Well, well it, wasn't, it, me- it wasn't. It wasn't. It, there's no way it wasn't. It mentions it Ariadne was, and mazes. There's wasn't. no way. I don't believe that uh, uh, for one moment. It wasn't. They... No, it wasn't. I don't believe it. There's no way. No, it, it, no... it wasn't. Uh, so the cool <laughs> thing about this song is, though, right? Um, I've done a bit of research on this. The song, if you actually listen to the lyrics, it's about Theseus denying the red string. So it's it's, oh, okay. a, it's about Theseus saying, I don't want the red string. And then the, the lyrics say, uh, Ariadne, I'm coming, I need to, whatever, whatever. And he says, like, and in the in the lyrics, he actually expresses the regret that I should have taken the string, right? So the, the oh, artist okay. who wrote this song wrote it about the Theseus and the Minotaur and the maze, but he didn't take the string, which I find so great. And it does seem like it was written for the show. It wasn't because Jonas in this alternate world is in the labyrinth he's in the middle of yeah. all, all of this and he doesn't have a touchstone he doesn't have a base his ariadne Marta, is gone so his yeah. Marta yeah. is gone and so he's he's got no red string he's completely lost at sea in this world and the song just tells the story of him to, so perfectly to be honest with you that he, he just he just he's stuck in the maze he doesn't know to get, how to get out and he, all he's doing is thinking of Marta, his his Marta, his ariadne you know that's yeah. that's, that's yeah, how i, I feel that's about true. it yeah, I, I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, he, he's, you can see him in this episode, he's kind of just reduced to trusting his moral compass mm-hmm. and being like, there's, you know, when, when Alt Marta or when Strange Marta says you have to pick a world to save, he, his response is just to be blindly like, blindly like, no, there, there must be a way to fix this and I'm going to find it. Yeah. Um, but he is, as you say, he is completely blind um he doesn't really know what he's doing he's kind of flying on faith and goodwill at the moment um but yeah this is a great montage uh that yeah that labyrinth song i'm stunned to hear that that wasn't written for the show because it like fits it so so ridiculously perfectly <laughs> who who's writing songs about theseus and ariadne in like 2020 i can't remember the artist's name right now but i've got i've got it here it's asaf avidan yeah, I went avidan, and yeah. To it so actually ema actually knew this artist ema knows a different oh, okay of, different song of his yeah so yeah no it's it's um it, it, yeah it's great um and um yeah uh, apart from that we see you know hannah heading off again i think maybe it's in the montage where we see her walking off with the briefcase with the yep. time machine in it um i There's wonder if the she's Claudia gonna and Tronto moment as well where she undresses yeah and Egon, yes. that thing is like you can imagine now egon's gonna be drunk their whole rest of their uh, adolescence and like literally they're just gonna be at it every night like 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> like you've basically got a got a a place to stay where your parents don't care anymore. I remember you being super jealous of my friends who had situations like that growing up. <laughs> Although in retrospect, it probably wasn't that great when you're like thirteen. Um, yeah, like it, it's um it's a really cool montage. This I I I theorize that. I think Hannah, I mean, obviously she's going to keep the baby. Mm -hmm. That was actually something that I was, uh, I will come back to my first point in a second, but something I was, wasn't sure about after the scene with uh, Helena Albers Mm -hmm. at the abortion clinic is why that conversation made her decide to keep the baby, because it certainly seems like she's keeping the baby now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure why. Well, yeah, it's it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Uh, Maybe... Just speaking sure. to a child, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, maybe just like seeing seeing you know a young girl thinking, oh maybe maybe I will. I find it really interesting that I like 100 percent we didn't even mention like that H- Hannah would have clocked that that's Katarina's mom. Oh yeah, 100 percent. You yeah. know, and um, I will say as well, I forgot to mention it at the time, but I've, I, people in like my comments before, whenever I've talked about the idea that um, you know, she called her daughter Katarina because of meeting Katarina, like someone. Uh, I can't remember who it was. It was one of the big videos, which the theory videos got a lot of uh, views. So I don't, I don't really know who it was. Probably wasn't even a subscriber to the channel. But they said something like, um, you know, I, there's no way that talking to a woman at, at, at that age would mean that that's why she would call her, ch- her child. That um, I'm sure she just liked the name later in life too. And I'm just like, have you seen a TV show before? Like, yeah, like why would they have a line where she specifically says, "Oh, that's a nice name." Yeah, like exactly. they didn't they didn't write that by accident. This is like, real just... life. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, like this is is what 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 you've encountered there is this concept called foreshadowing, yeah. like for something that's going to happen later on. I just I, I don't I, sometimes you just read you I read a comment. Yeah. Like like the thing is the people who are subscribed to subscribe to me and contribute. Like you've seen the comments yourself. They're really well thought out and they and they love the show just oh, as yeah. much as we do. Sometimes got, got I just folks. look at a comment and I'm just like what world are you living in? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They just wrote down that she liked that name because she liked that name and there's nothing more to read into yeah. that whatsoever. Sometimes characters just like to say what their favourite colour is. Like, it doesn't mean anything. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that would infuriate me. But no, our, our subscribers and you right there, yes, you, listener, yeah. uh, are very intelligent and don't feel <laughs> insulted by that. Um, but yeah, th- so she's off anyway. I think she's going to try... I-, I don't know if she's actually going to raise that baby, but I think she will have it. I think she's probably going to go further back in time. I think that the rest of this show is just going to be Hannah seducing a sequence of men in, in like the 20s and the 1880s until until she finally finds one who will love her for who she is. Yeah, all right, fair enough. That'd be Bartos good fun. next. Bartos. <laughs> <laughs> Got to hook up with Bartos in eighteen eighty. How would he not recognise her? Like... <laughs> well, I mean, Bartos is definitely. I'm not going to say what I was going to say. Then actually, I'm going to get in trouble. trouble if I say as long it, as you have but... nice looking hair, that's all. That's yeah. all you need for for Bartos. Uh, yeah. But uh, basically, last scene, we get the reveal with the lovely hands in the womb shape. Um, yeah, uh, we get the reveal that the unknown or Gary, we come to know him as uh, the cleanup crew. He is the un. No, sorry, he is the origin. Uh, yes. So, what did you think about this reveal? He well, is felt- Tronto's dad, which we sort of already knew, and he yeah. is what's he is the child of Jonas, and he he links the worlds basically. He links the worlds. Yeah. So there's that. I have two thoughts on this, and I actually had two theories about it. So I had down that I thought Jonas and Altmarter were going to have a baby as well. I still think that Jonas and his world's Martyr had a baby. Gustav because. Yeah, because of the because of the Ariadne stuff. I don't I don't really know how that's gonna work 
because obviously the timing of the pregnancy seems really really tight on that but you know they mentioned his mother being uh well so actually with the gustav stuff i thought maybe that would be altmater because um that that was a lot kind of like she was time traveling and such she must have been time traveling for mm. for him to end up where he where he was so that's kind of put a pin in that because obviously these guys are, are her child now um i still think the regular master thing maybe she had a baby at some point well can but... i say something which might lead you down a rabbit hole completely just i just, I just want to say this for fun and uh, okay. i hope some of our, our listeners get a kick a giggle out of it in uh at the end of season two whenever um uh, marta is in the uh the, the bunker when stranger locked her in there yeah um and uh stuff starts kicking off in the power plant um and underneath there remember Jonas and claudia were in the tunnel underneath um at that time yeah. well whenever that all was going on there was a brief shot of like white sparks or light in front of marta in the in the bunker at that time yeah like i i remember seeing that and being like i think she's gonna time travel and then she didn't and it was like mm, i'm not sure about what's happening here <laughs> i'm standing by it i think i'd like there's something's going on with regular marta <laughs> they're not mentioning that like i, I mean it, it, it could just to be clear though it, it could the, the 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 coalescing dark matter on the on the womb uh from the first sex scene they had together could just been a kind of projection of what would eventually happen with alt martyr they've done stuff like that before yes so everything possibly yeah yeah and you know alt martyr sees the the ghost of herself in the forest um so you know there is like this kind of intangible intangible like energy that can reach across worlds whatever you want to call it you know divine Mm -hmm. intervention or something like that um so i could be completely wrong but so that was my that's my first thought was i don't know how this gustav tanhouse stuff fits into what's going on here we shall see um the other thing is like st christopher made a comeback in this episode again obviously we saw the pendant get given to hannah and then she Mm -hmm. gives it to elena and that mythology still seems really core to all of this so um obviously to revisit it it's about uh the 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 mythology is that st christopher is the person who rejected the devil and carried the one who would create the world on his shoulders and my theory um a couple of episodes ago was that carried was a term for pregnancy um and i think looking at it in those terms it seems like martha has to be the saint christopher here because she is carrying the one who will create the world in in the form of the the unknown the origin the origin but i but i do also think that maybe oranges as uh, trump would say yeah yeah (laughs) um (laughs) This I do think though that this can be maybe like abstracted to be kind of like a figurative carrying, which is maybe what they initially meant it to mean. Which is maybe someone is carrying by carrying, they mean like guiding another individual to a solution that will unmake the loop and thus create a new world in the way that Martha is carrying the one who will create this loop that mm-hmm. is the bad world, I guess. And I I wonder if that is the case, who that person could be. And I I still. I'm still waiting for Claudia to come back into this series in a big way because she's been conspicuously absent for the last four episodes. She's barely been in this season at all. Yeah. Um, and she seems like a pretty major character to me. So I don't know. I've got I've got one eye on <laughs> I've got one eye on Claudia at the moment. Like just thinking, 
What are you and Agnes and Tronta up to <laughs> over there? In... something going on. Something's going on in 2020, guys. You're not fooling me. You're not. Sh- <laughs> you've shown me nothing about... And there's something up there, I think. Interesting. Oh, actually, I've just had a thought. So... I wonder if old uh, old Claudia might come back, actually, thinking about it. She might have done because... stuff before she was shot. Well, th- th- it could be that, but it could also be uh, mid- middle Claudia's in 2020. Mm-hmm. So if she just hangs out there for 33 years, then old Claudia could turn up in 20, uh, 2053. Yeah, well, so we'll, her... see the, we'll see the stuff that she did before eventually going and getting shot. Yeah, exactly. But maybe she'll just turn... But, but talking about how your past is unchangeable, but your future is changeable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe she's doing different things. So maybe old Claudia's just going to turn up with an assault rifle and just blow Adam's head off and be like, <laughs> suck it, bitch. <laughs> oh, that'd be a great ending. <laughs> and then he survives and he and then he wears the bag of clover to hide the scar. Yeah, yeah, high, even higher. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I want Claudia to just kick the door in, shoot everyone in the head, put on some sunglasses and be like, see you later, suckers, and then ride a motorbike <laughs> into the sunset. That's my that's my <laughs> my pitch for the ending of Dark. Well I've got some good news for you. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get into the roundup. Yeah, let's do it. Alright, the IMDb rating this week is 9.1. Um, I think it should be higher than that. I think there was, like, Hannah Hannah and Egon and Doris were brilliant in this episode. There was some great character work there. There was really, really compelling reveals with, like, the origin and the unknown. The Tronta and Claudia stuff was, was good. That It was... Like, there wasn't literally the only bad scene in this entire episode was the 30 seconds of burnt picking up the file and being like oh like so i think it should be higher than that but generally speaking yeah really strong episode okay awesome um right any 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 more thoughts before we get into some segments um You've given most of your theories do you have a, do you yeah, have a, do you have a rundown of what theories you added to the matrix today so it, like the ones I've actually added to the Matrix aren't that many. It was only two. So it was the the, the CUC being Chonta's father. Oh, actually, one I didn't mention at all. Um, when Agnes goes back in time, she shares a suspiciously tender embrace with the scarred face girl in 2053, which makes me think that maybe she is Agnes's daughter. Um, or the, I've put down daughter. If that's wrong, I, I feel like they're related to each other in some way. So we'll see how that one plays out. Okay. I, I should can probably... make it more vague if you want. Well, everyone's uh, related, so I don't know. Yeah, see, the problem... This is the problem with this show, is, like, if it was a normal television show, I'd look at that and be like, well, obviously she's her daughter because Agnes is 30 years older than her. But unfortunately, with the way Dark has gone now, it's like, I don't know what relation they could be. Like, She could be Agnes's grandmother. I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. She could be She could be Agnes herself in a yeah. different world. I don't know how this works. Um, so, actually, she could know. be, because we didn't actually see Agnes at that Yeah, age. we haven't seen Agnes. Maybe she's Agnes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know well, what is going on. Scar, in the Not in the real world. Oh, but in the right, old world. Actually, we don't yeah. know. So it could be alternate Agnes at that age. Old Agnes, yeah. Who, who, who knows? Who knows? I'll. I. I feel like they're related to each other. I'll say that much. Um, I might also put in there the the Hannah theory about. Um, I think she's going to end up in 1888 just because I I, I want to will that into existence. Okay. Yeah, I think that'd be a good one. 
Right, okay, so we've got a fair bit to do because we've got a... We, we clearly have to do a Vincest segment today. We have yep. to, um, and then we're also going to add in a few of the uh, listener questions because, obviously, <laughs> as we said, we've got a special treat for you on Christmas Day, so we're not going to be having the uh, question and answers video next week. Yeah. So what do you say, Conrad, we get into a little bit of Vincest? Let's do it. I, I don't know what it is, but when I kiss you... It's like I'm kissing my brother. The origin is the man who is the father of Tronta. What implications does that have? It's like everyone is related. Yeah. Everyone is related. Don't know if everyone is, but yeah, it's pretty well, uh, the, the, it's pretty all like the Dopplers are because the, like Noah is is like the father of uh, Charlotte. Charlotte, and therefore fra- like grandfather to Fran- uh, to uh, Francisco and Ali. Well, do- but Noah isn't involved in that. It was Noah's uh, it, Noah's in law. It would be uh, the origin. Would you wait? What do you mean for the Dopplers? Because no, 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 no. But what I'm saying is Noah isn't a descendant of the origin. Noah, Noah is. Um, Agnes's brother. So that so but Agnes is the one who marries the origin. Um well, Oh you're right. Yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um related by re- related legally. Then. Yeah, illegally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they like, actually you know, they... got married. But yeah, the Dopplers stand sort of to inherit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So okay, let's just run through it then. So we have Jonas and Marta, then they yeah. have the origin, and then the, yeah. they ha- and then the origin has Tronta, Tronta has Ulrich, Ulrich has Mikkel, and then Mikkel has Jonas, which starts it again. Yes. So, yeah, that's all kinds of fucked up. That <laughs> like that cycle <laughs> is no good for anyone. But so it also means that. Hold on, I'm trying to think. Like so, yeah, Magnus and Francisca don't get any closer together by that. But no. it does mean that. So Katarina just comes out of out of the El, out of the Albers. So there's nothing weird for her. I st- I want to know. Yeah, I guess it hinges on where Noah comes from because I don't think that all that really does is is like basically finish the cycle. We yeah. get like uh, no one's actually any more related. We still have the Marta and, and Jonas connection, which is which is all the worse because they are also their own like the whole great grandparents. The whole Nielsen line is formed from incest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're they're all they're all related to each other because it starts with their like great, great, great grandparents mm-hmm. having sex with each other and then getting together when they're actually cousins. No, yeah. aunt and aunt and nephew. So yeah, like <laughs> there's a lot of shared DNA in great, that in that fun. pool. Great fun. Um, but the, yeah, the Noah thing is interesting because we know. I, I was thinking about this the other day, actually, after I'd watched this the first time, because the Hanno Tauber name, I was like, "That is on there," and I, I, I cannot express how much. As soon as that Hanno Tauber thing came up, I wanted to go and look at that Sigmundus floor because so I was like, "Who's his goddamn parents? Someone yeah. is. Someone gave birth to Noah, and that is going to really kick the hornet's nest when <laughs> that happens because there's going to be there's going to be some lines connecting people that do not want to be connected on that floor i think yeah there's going to be like just like a fucking grenade thrown into the, into the family tree <laughs> yeah. but i did i haven't looked at it i'm gonna resist but i i yeah i think once we find out who gave birth to noah which i don't even really have any like who there's a there's a character yeah. who's pregnant right now 
Yeah, but I think she's given birth to Peter. That's my theory. Oh, that's with, right. Yeah. That's my theory with her. Because I mean, Peter's got to come from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and Helga's dad as well. We don't know who Helga's dad is because it's not Bernd. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unclear parentage in this show. <laughs> Even the ones that are clear are a bit unclear. Yeah. And then what's up with Boris Nevald? Where's he gone? <laughs> yeah. Old Boris. Old Boris himself. Uh, yeah. Yassin, so to speak. Yeah. Well, well, we've seen Boris's mum because, you know, picked picked up Yassin from school. Yeah, we have. That's true. Yeah. What's she up to? Uh, well, actually, I want to see more if, about if her. Yassin's last name is actually Fries, so... It's uh, I don't think that character has a first name. Maybe they do, but I like to I like to refer to that character as Yoncha Fries. <laughs> <laughs> I remember seeing that and being like, "Oh, that's interesting. That's the same surname as one of the writers. That's yeah. probably an important yeah, character." I remember you said uh, that in the podcast. No, no, not in the slightest. <laughs> like, Very no, never in the character. show again. Yasin actually is the one who caused the uh, apocalypse, basically. But well, I mean, Yasin is, yeah, but 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 well, the, the, the mom, Mrs. Yeah. Mrs. Fries is. I mean, who knows? There's four episodes left. Maybe she comes back. <laughs> yeah. That's- Here's hoping. Here's hoping. <laughs> right, let's get into the questions and yeah, let's do it. Yeah. A stranger from the outside. All right, guys. As always, leave comments on this video for questions for Conrad and me. You know, I like questions too. Uh, for episode five of season three. Uh, okay, so first question um, is from Milos Vitten, and Milos says, uh, "Satnam, guys, thank you for another entertaining podcast. No problem. That's what we do." Uh, Conrad, yep. how do you feel as a celebrity now? Anybody in private life calling you Conrad or stopping you on the street? Uh, no, not yet. I'm waiting for the first sponsorship deal to be offered, to be honest. I will, if you, sponsors, if you're out there, I will literally sell anything. I don't care. <laughs> so get in touch. Okay, well, uh, it's, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. You're going to get called Here's Conrad hoping. at some point. You're going to be walking down down the road. Someone's going to go, hey, Conrad! Yeah, and I'll be like, "Hello, hello!" Oh, you know, Give you know, one of those. More, 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 more realistic. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, goodbye. Yeah, don't talk to me. Um, no, that's right. If you if you see me walking down the street, you are more than welcome to say hello to me. Yeah, exactly. Um, next question comes from Livia, the Malazan potato noob. Uh, nice. Now, I will say before I ask this question, uh, Livia is actually just just started a YouTube channel. Um, and I've subscribed to Livia and I'm going to be following along with her because Conrad, you've been telling me for years to what, to read the Malazan book of the fallen. Oh yeah. And Livia has actually just started a YouTube channel and she's going to be going through it chapter by chapter. Oh, amazing. So I bought the first book and I'm going to be, amazing. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm going to be reading along with her videos. Now I will say, I've said that like, you know, we get quite a bit of viewers on ours, Livia, I'm not putting pressure on you. Everyone, you know, when you first start a YouTube channel. Last thing you need is people saying, when's the next video coming out? Like, you know, take your time, take your time. Don't, you know, you you you, you make your videos as, as good as you can do and put them up when, whenever you're able to. But whenever you do put them up, I'll be reading along with you. Um, and I'm sure um, Conrad's happy to hear that because he loves that. Stuff. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely check those out. There's a, there's a very good website that did a, a I can't remember, it's, what the actual url is but if you if you google reread of the fallen they do like synopses of each chapter because there is a lot of stuff that you can miss in those um but yeah i will definitely be paying attention to that because the malazan book of the fallen is awesome yeah i can't wait and uh livia actually said that um that, that she sort of, sort of thought of um doing because she's up to a certain book i don't think she's fully finished yet because she w- she wanted to bring a new 
um, the way she explained in the video was she wanted to bring in sort of a, a thing to the Malazan community that wasn't there in that she's reading it for the first time and it's usually experts on the books that make the videos. Oh, yeah. So she, Talking she, about Warrens and all sorts. Nah, I don't know what a Warren is. Yeah, well, I have no, no idea. That's not going to mean about. anything to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, we'll one day. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically, um, Livia is said that she's going to um, possibly do a theory matrix for her the book she's up to at the minute. Because apparently, yeah. apparently Malazan has a lot of theorizing to be done. Oh, you can theorize the hell out of the Malazan books. I think, uh, like, given you like um, the Song of Ice and Fire books, I think you'll like them. I, I think they're, I think they're better. Um, but it's a similar kind of thing where there's just there's a lot going on. Okay, awesome. I, ca- I can't wait. Um, and like, guys, in the comments, let me know when I finish the first book with Livia. If you want me to give my thoughts on the book, I'll, I'll do that as well. Um, okay, so uh, Livia asks, wait. Because Milos Vitton just said, does people call you Conrad in real life? Livia says, wait, did I miss something? He's not called Conrad in real life? <laughs> well, yeah. We, well, yeah. We, we, we've, decided, we've decided. We've decided that uh, we, we, we are called, like, we're Anthony, James, and Conrad. That's our names, right? That's our names. Um, and we're going to continue to go by that. But we've decided to let you in on a little, uh, little behind-the-curtain sneak preview here. <laughs> there might be a reason why... Conrad goes by Conrad, and a reason why I go by Anthony James. Because it might surprise you to realize, my name isn't Anthony James. Uh, Now, it is kind of my name, but my name is actually James Anthony. Okay, so, whoa, that's a huge one. I don't think only people who pay very much attention know that. Because you might notice in my videos with Ema, she calls me James. And my videos with my mom calls me James. So, Anthony James is the name I chose for one reason. I just thought it was cool to have a different name. Another reason I'm a teacher and I don't really want to reveal to my students straight away that I have a YouTube channel. Um, if, I, if, I hit, if I hit like 10k, I'm like, yeah, well, I'm going to be embarrassed about. Yeah, it then now. you can get. Then you're in the big leagues. Yeah, you know, yeah like come, well, come but, sub. Yeah, exactly. But uh, there's a there's an even bigger reason for the, the fact that we have different names because in uh, real life we don't have different names. Yeah, my, my name is also James. So. <laughs> unfortunately and like conrad is my my online name for like games and stuff so yeah unfortunately we had to make a decision to be like well we either lean into the james and james thing or we go for set for different names and this is what we ended up with yeah so there you go there's a little peek behind the curtain for you yeah um but now that you know that we can have all sorts of funny uh exploits with the name james so uh well and also we're, like i think what we should do is we'll never mention that again so that you have to have listened to this episode to understand yeah. what our names are otherwise it's just conrad and, and, and anthony yeah i think that's a good thing and then like people will be randomly calling us james in the comments yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then people, so. other people are like hang on what's what's going on like, there was no james in the video um, but yeah, you can imagine how confusing that would have been if we, like, on yeah. the bottom of this screen right now, it just said James and James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Just well, use the same images as well. Although, right. we well, we've got webcams now, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we have the same image. Right, actually, let's ask a question about Dark now, right? Um, uh, what? Hmm? I was I was making yeah, a well, hilarious yeah. joke about how we can't possibly talk about Dark in our in our Dark. They've had two hours of Dark discussion. Now we're just going to talk about Dragon Ball Z and <laughs> yeah. football. Yeah, exactly. Uh, ask us some more Dragon Ball Z. Who asked us about Dragon Ball Z? Was it Liam? I don't know who, who asked. Someone asked so. us about Dragon Ball yeah. Z. It was fantastic. So basically, uh, Ulrai says, Dark is coming to an end. Conrad, can Jonas, can Jonas fix time or is he destined to fail? If yes, how can he do it or who can if at all? I, I don't think Jonas is going to. I think Jonas is going to have to make a sacrifice at the end of it. I think Jonas and Marta both are. Like My, my sort of Thelma and Louise 
comparison last week, I think, is how it's going to end with them having to jump off a metaphorical cliff together to save things. I don't think it's going to be them that gets them to that point, though. I think there is a St. Christopher beyond the obvious Marta carrying the the, the origin. I, I can't get past the feeling that it's Claudia, just because they're, ma- they're making a very explicit point of not showing us what Claudia's up to at yeah. the moment, which for such a major character feels like that's their, the show saying, something's going on, <laughs> yeah, and we're not going to show you. It is very pointed, yeah. Yeah, um... So, yeah, I, I think, I, I don't know whether you'd call that Jonas fixing things um, or whether it's, you know, Claudia fixing things, but Jonas and Marta will be the ones to have to make the sacrifice at the end. Uh, but that's that's how I, that, I think that's how I see it going at the moment. Okay, cool. Uh, MH asks, uh, what do you think the reason is that Marta didn't give the unknown a name? It's kind of heartless in her opinion. <laughs> I just assume. Well, you wouldn't. I don't know why I assumed MH is 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 a, is a woman. Uh, let's say their opinion. <laughs> yeah, sure. Stick to the neutral. But actually, neutral come on, pronouns. guys. You accused Conrad of being a, uh, a misogynist the other day. I just assumed that a, that a initials are a female. Wait, like yin and yang here. I can't remember what the question was. <laughs> uh, why do you think Marta didn't give him a name? Oh, uh, well, I mean, it's you wouldn't want to, would you? <laughs> if, you if you're giving... Yeah, well, first off, look at him. And second of all, like, if you're giving birth to the, the person that you know is going to like ruin the universe, you'd be like, he's hard to love. I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs> but also, I don't think she raised... I don't think she raises him. I think... I, I he think raises so, himself. Like, well, maybe, but I mean, I think he's kind of spirited away by Sigmundus or or Eric Lux to to kind of train in what what he Eric needs Lux to do. Eric Lux is Marta, though. Uh, well, yes, it's older Marta, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, like, it's not. Do you think she? Tra- not... oh, okay, okay. So not the young, the young one doesn't raise him in your opinion. Yeah, the one who actually gives birth to him, I don't think is going to raise him. But didn't they um, all give birth to him? Well, they did, yeah. But each of them <laughs> gave them away to their older self um, yeah, yeah, yeah. in in sequence. So True. yeah. Or maybe she just hated him. I mean, like, it could also just be like, I'm not going to give a name to that. Yeah, but I will also <laughs> say, like, it's another one of those things. He never had a name, so whenever this one gives birth yeah. to him, it's like, well, ask the old, hey, yeah, uh, Eva, what did you call him? Oh, we didn't give him a name. He doesn't have a name. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. He, he won't have a name then. You know. Maybe that'll be how Marta will break the cycle. Just, just call like, him Gary. Come to call him Gary. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then a, sing, a single tear rolls down his cheek. And then he explodes in a, in a shower of white light. And everything's fixed. The name Gary, the name Gary is the... a fantastic name. I just, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I just picture a middle-aged plumber. And, and yeah. the, the, the thing is, like, I was at like, a christening of my niece like three years ago. And there was a child getting christened. And they were called Gary. And <laughs> no one, no, you can't. There's no babies called Gary. Like uh, get, all Garys are born at like fifty. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, the baby did look fifty. It was like, well, <laughs> like if, 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 like, I just know that baby looked like it voted leave. <laughs> <laughs> it all looked like it came out of the womb, and all its mates started calling it Gaz for yeah. sure. <laughs> That I pol- that is a joke that probably won't play anywhere but the UK. So I apologise for that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Okay. Okay. Next question comes from Sea uh, Bad Moon. Actually, it's more of a comment. But did you guys notice the Easter egg of Apparat written on the chalk wall in the Stranger Martyrs bunker? So Apparat is actually the band who sings the uh, the theme tune. Goodbye. Oh, I didn't notice that. That's um, cool. Yeah, they they are musicians in the intro music, of course. Um, now I will also say. Um, the well, they're the musicians in that, yes, but they're, they're actually the the 
the artist who well Apparat I think is a is a single if, I, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken is a single artist who goes by the name Apparat and uh, there's another single artist there's a female called Soap and Skin okay. and that artist is the one who uh, gives the vocals to the uh, to the to the goodbye song uh, which is the opening credits. Now I will just say without giving away too much away, Soap and Skin provides a very very key song in a very key moment in the show which is really cool because they they also give the vocals to the opening uh not not one that we've already heard presumably we haven't heard it yet no okay right that's cool i'm I'm, I'm gonna look out for that see if i can spot it okay awesome atahan uh for conrad hannah decides to keep the baby who do you think she will birth well you've already said you think it's peter yeah yeah uh so the unknown is the father of tronta and hence the husband that Agnes speaks of. Do you think we'll see any of their relationship? Do you think they'll actually have a relationship at all? No, I think I think the way he talks about it in the church with Doris, where he says not all human connections are born of fondness, mm. implies to me that Sigmund has basically said, you two are getting married, you're having a baby, and then that's like, all that that, that you're going to do like this this is what has always happened so that's what needs to happen i I don't think there was any real relationship there um particularly given we know tronta spent most of his early life in foster homes or care homes um there clearly wasn't a father there to look after him so yeah it also implies it is actually a lot more seedy than that as well because you have to remember there's only one origin there's two trontas there's two agnuses Oh yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Got some like kind of Mormonism going yeah. on there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I will, you know, that's that would be an interesting scene to see though. Well, they, I, just... I, may, I, I maintain that they use the board. I, maybe, maybe the, it was just a little Easter egg, but the, the 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 youngest version of the of the unknown, I'm almost certain, was the body um, on the left hand side in 2020 when they were showing pictures of the people who died in the um, in the apocalypse. I don't know if that's something that maybe will get addressed later, but uh, or maybe it was just a, a weird little aside, but they look so similar. Okay, awesome. Uh, for Anthony, I personally remember <laughs> really liking this episode the first time I watched it, but on second viewing, I ended up liking it much less. What are your thoughts of the quality of the episode? Like, I agree with Conrad. I thought this was a really strong episode. I, and before we started recording, I said, the middle episodes of the season in Dark are just so good. Like, the, the yeah. writers have actually spoken about it before, that they do try and give a big reveal in the mid-stage of the season. Season 1, Michael is Mikkel. Season 2, Adam is Jonas. Season 3, the origin is the unknown. So, that, yeah. like, it's just the same formula for me. I per- it, it depends if you're, if, if you're um, invested in the Hannah storyline, I think, this episode. If you're invested in the Hannah, Hannah character and the Hannah storyline and the Egon storyline and the and the Dora storyline, if you're invested in those storylines, um, then then you'll love this episode. I'm invested in every storyline throughout the show, every time zone. I can under I could understand someone being more invested in particular time zones than others. So maybe yeah. the fifties isn't really as as focused, but that's how I feel. Like, and I know you liked it, Conrad, didn't you? Yeah, like, I think. If you don't like Hannah as a character, you don't like seeing her, I could understand why you wouldn't like this, like you said. Um, but I think in terms of the 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 drama that goes on uh, between her and Egon and between Egon and Doris, there's there's some really, really great acting in this. Um, and, and you still have those really compelling reveals as well. And I think that's, that is when Dark is at its best, when it strikes that balance between 
the excellent writing and and acting that we know they can do and the the really compelling uh reveals that kind of propel the plot the plot forward um and this this episode had both so yeah i loved it yeah exactly awesome that's what i have to say isn't it awesome let's move on uh so actually that's only when you say something that i'm not allowed to comment on but i can say yes is good uh so last last question and then we're gonna have to call it a day because it's our first one that's went over two hours uh again something special coming on christmas day guys uh so the middleman uh says haven't heard from brent in a while hi brent how are you how are you getting on how you faring in this in this world at this stage? Brent says, um, question for both. The abortion person, not sure if it's a doctor, is named Mrs. <laughs> I doubt it. Yeah, is, is named Mrs. Obendorf. Did you notice that? I did, yeah. An ancestor of the kidnapped Eric Obendorf. Mm. Do you think there is a correlation between the kids that were kidnapped by Noah and how bad their family has been over time? Eric's grandma did abortions. Uh, Mads' family has had kill, kill, uh, killing Ulrich and cheating uh, cheating Tronta. Um, is this a, a, a reach, or is Noah more like Dexter and only hurt people who deserved it? Um, I, I don't think Noah was making a moral judgment on the people that he was sending back in time. I think he was just doing what he was told to do by the book. Yeah. With that said, I, I, I do think this show has gone to some lengths to depict a lot of characters who might appear good as uh, at best morally gray so Ulrich is a great example um there's a lot of people who have quite significant sometimes monstrously so flaws um in this show and so it's natural that some of them are going to be the victims of the time travel stuff that's going on in it and then and the 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 sort of barbarous acts that requires but i don't know if it's i don't know if they singled them out so much as it's just if if you've if you've got like a barrel full of apples and like 80 percent of them are rotten you're gonna pick some rotten apples at some point yeah you are you are right just to just to end off um with the the obendorf uh comment i've been keeping this within me for a while because i didn't know how to say it um without appearing bitchy but there's a, there's a podcast called Cine Binge, which started off going through dark as well, like we are. One of the guys has seen it, one of the guys hasn't. Go check it out, actually. I've listened to a few episodes um, just to sort of check out the competition. And uh, you know what? <laughs> like, you know, check it out. It's good stuff. So I'll, I'll give him a little shout out there. But I wanted to mention it because something that's been in my mind, and now I have a YouTube channel, I have to say what's in my mind. It's If you go over there very respectfully, um, the... the, 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 the the, the the my my version of that like the, the alternate me so to speak who's leading their friend through the show it just they they say oberman every time <laughs> nice i just I, like, tra- I, I, thought, I thought this community would find that a bit a bit funny but it is like tracy like, ann oberman from doctor who yeah like <laughs> yeah like they're doing a good job and i want to give them the shout out but um but i just thought that that was in my brain and i and i couldn't get out because i'm just thinking to myself Obendorf, Obendorf. But actually, that brings up a question, and I didn't even notice this. Do they change it to Oberman for the dub? Maybe they do. Maybe they maybe they watch the dub, and it's I don't know. That that'd be weird, wouldn't it? I mean, yeah. Like I feel so like the weirdest names. thing the dub's ever done. No, no. I mean, it's it's taken some pretty big liberties with some fairly major characters, so no, it wouldn't. But at the same time, you know, Paul Jurgen, he's not got a lot going for him. Get his name right at the very least. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Exactly. He's lost both of it. Well, he's lost one of his sons. The other one got broken up with, and and like really, the only thing of note he's ever done is have some drugs 
found on his property. Yeah, and just to be respectful of those guys from that podcast, they're hardly the biggest characters in the show. Like, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> said in like the first episode that Jürgen Obendorf seems like the kind of character who dies like halfway through an episode of the X Files, just as he's about to reveal something important to uh, Mulder and Scully. And I stand by that. I think yeah. his character basically existed in the beginning to be like to uh, throw out the red herring that Alexander was going to be corrupt in some way, and then has just been irrelevant since then. So. Yeah. <laughs> But, but as I say that, it's out of respect I say that. And guys, go check that out. Cine Binge, it's another dark podcast. I'm sure you'll sure you'll enjoy that as well. Um, all right, guys, can you please subscribe? Can you please subscribe on audio apps? Can you please like the video? It does help. If you didn't like it, dislike it. Apparently that helps too with the algorithm. Uh, <laughs> any engagement is good. Um, right, apart from that, any final thoughts, Conrad? No, I just like... Drag this out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where we're going now. There's four episodes left, guys. There's four episodes of Dark left. I don't know how they're going to land this plane, but I trust that they will successfully. Yeah, of course they will. Of course they will. Like, you know, I wouldn't have started a YouTube channel. Uh, well, actually, I started it before season three came out. Forget what I said. Right, guys, we're going to go. Merry Christmas if we don't see you. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the After Dark podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode.